Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We are live from Veranda High Point, and this is the Sports Offensive with JP and Mark. Nate is on hiatus. He is on vacation right now. Mark is right next to me. Mark, how are you doing today? I am extremely tired. That's about all I've got to uh, to put forth right now. Um, it's been a long week. Work has been crazy, so hopefully uh, I'm hoping tomorrow I can crash out a little bit and, and actually sleep in. But I tell you what, having dogs to babysit is like having kids. They don't have any concept of whether or not you want to get rest. They're just like, hey, I want to do this. I want to go here. I want you to do this. I want to do this. I want to whine. I want to cry. So, um, you know, it was an in- interesting evening. But uh, other than that, you know, I mean, uh, looks like my company's about to get uh, sold. So that's wonderful news. Is that news. a good thing or a bad thing? Unbelievably good news. Okay. Because the company that I work for now is like ma- massively broke. So it'd be nice <laughs> for us to have a place that wasn't like worried about going under so that'll be a nice change but so uh, a paycheck that's actually signed is a good thing usually yeah you know i mean i'd like to i'd like to keep a roof over my head for a little while and you know whatnot i wouldn't mind going back on unemployment except that unemployment doesn't pay that much even if you're the maximum i think you end up taking home if you have taxes taken out you get like 1830 i think a month and that's why it always cracks me up when people talk about like people like living on off welfare and loving loving welfare life it's like do you know what have you ever lived on that kind of income? See, I, I never understood that because, I mean, I know, I mean, I had to go on unemployment once because, uh, you know, I got laid off and uh, you don't get really get that much. I mean, I don't understand when people think that people just live off welfare. I, I, I don't get it. Then again, I've, I've also had, you know, people telling me, oh, I hate seeing that person using the, was it called an EBT card or whatever, the that debit card they have for food stamps? Yeah, it's, and, it's a snap card. And like, oh, I hate that. And then and I see them go out, out in their car and get into a, a Beamer or a whatever. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess it could be somebody else's car they're borrowing, but it's like, if you really see that, then why wouldn't you write down the license plate number and submit it to the, you know, whatever the welfare accountability office, or like I have a person in my family who used to work in welfare and they worked like, um, they were like a fraud investigator or a fraud claims investigator, whatever you call it. And he was like, you just don't know how much fraud there is, man. It's all over the place. It's, it's rampant. And I went, well, at least you were catching those people and getting them thrown out of the bus. I was like, what happened to them when you would turn them in? He'd be like, well, I never turned anybody in. I'm like, <laughs> wait, you're complaining about it, but you were the, actually the only person that could stop it and you didn't do it? I actually had a friend on food stamps. Their total sum for the month was $189 for food alone. I personally spend about $400 on food a month. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how anybody doesn't spend almost a hundred dollars a week. And you know, it's even worse if you're single because you have to still buy all the ingredients for you things. Do. And that's what really kills it. And then, I don't know if it's just me, but man, I mean, let's say you wanted to get, I don't know, like let's say you want to get three chicken breasts, and you wanted to get a pound of ground beef, and you wanted to get maybe a half a pound of deli turkey or something like that. That's twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. That's like fifty bucks. Oh, I know. I mean, well, I, the deli turkey, if you get a pound of deli turkey, it's like $10 out here. Oh, easily. And then, I mean, I guess you could get, you could get the really crappy pre-sliced stuff, but then yeah. who knows what's even in it. I mean, it, it's so, so many at that point. Not. And then, yeah, and then like the ground beef, one pound of the, well, now they have like 97% fat-free or whatever, which... Oh, I know. <laughs> what's the point of that? I mean, we're going to get no flavor. Well, I mean, if you're going to grill anything, you have to get 80% because you want the fat on the grill. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think you have any flavor no matter what you do otherwise. Yeah. But and that stuff, like, I think it's like $14 now at King Supers and chicken uh, breasts. You, hit it you right get, on the head. get like three or four chicken breasts. It's like, that's like 14 or $18. So that's why I'm saying it's like, you're almost up to like, you're up to at least like, you know, 40 bucks, 38 bucks. So, and then vegetables are now expensive. And 
like which is weird because that used to be really cheap. And trust me, uh, if you looked at my fridge right now, I have so many vegetables in it; it's ridiculous. I mean, (laughs) I'm doing I'm doing stir fry, or I'm just sautéing asparagus, snow peas, peppers, onions, garlic, everything, and it's just you know. Asparagus was just on sale for a dollar ninety nine a pound. Yeah, I, I mean that's down from four ninety nine. It's definitely good to do stews and stuff. Like I got an Instapot, and if you don't have one of those, if anybody that is listening, get an Instapot because man, you can make stews, soups. Um, you know, you can't do. I don't know if you can do stir fry. I haven't tried that yet. I don't know if that would work in there, but probably would. I mean, you can make almost anything in that thing. Oh, dude, you can but, do anything in an Instapot. Yeah, I mean, I have a wok. I'd probably make a stir fry in the wok. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely do something that gets you more filling out of like less money. Cause yeah, it's just crazy, man. I just can't get over how much money. And then if you have to buy like, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess you can get paper towels for like a dollar, but they're also like, they're so, so terrible. I mean, that's what I buy. Cause <laughs> I, like like, nine you know, I'm not going to spend the money on the other ones. <laughs> they're so flimsy. I go through a roll in a day. My mom and stepdad, they, uh, they buy the really nice paper towels. And like, I remember one time I used like three of them to dry my hands. And my stepdad was like a gas. He was like, why did you need three of them? He and, down on you, I bet. and it's just like, oh, I'm just used to just garbage. I mean, I've never had enough money to afford, you know, the good ones. Even when I made money, I couldn't afford those things. But, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I just can't wait to figure out. Uh, just, I, I'm looking forward to winning the lottery. Let's just put it that way. Oh, dude, I'm already there, man. You saw my private jet already, man. I, I, I'm buying that jet. I'm buying that jet. <laughs> How much is that private jet anyway? Uh, you know, it wasn't for sale. I just was right there at the airport for some reason. I took a picture. I, I thought I'd play a joke on everyone. So, what, what were you doing at the airport? Uh, I had to drop some stuff off. Wow, you got to get out to the a- airport. Airport, like you were on like on the tarmac. I was right there, man. Wow. <laughs> I was literally, I could have walked in that jet and flew down of there. I tell you what, I hope uh, not too many people have a flight out today. I don't know if people, if you're not in Colorado, it's actually nice right now. It's, it's right uh, now. Uh, what do you say? It's 30 degrees. Yeah, about that. I mean, 30, I got 35. my sandals on. I walked over to Santiago's, got us some burritos. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, have, I mean, I was comfortable. It was 30. I, I've just got my light jacket on, and you know, I mean, I had the dogs outside earlier, so I mean, it's, it's it's not bad. I mean, so if you remember last year, we uh we actually had I I I forgot this. Our snow day was last year at Nate's house. Walking the dogs when we did the show that time. Those little dogs could barely get through the snow. But boy, they sure loved it. They didn't care. Like it just shoulder just shoulder hunching their way, you know, and picking through the ice and picking through the snow. And it's the funniest thing is that little you know, the little these are corgis we're talking about. Little tiny dogs. And the smaller one, the female, I mean, she literally wants to attack any <laughs> large dog she sees. Even if that dog is not doing anything. And you're just like, you know what? There's a, it's like the Napoleon complex or oh, something yeah. like that. Oh yeah. But it's just, I, I, I sometimes wonder, what if you just let her go, and then she would just find out, you know? But then it's like, I don't want her to die in this process <laughs> of learning. But you kind of be like, oh, maybe you just got. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. If she runs up against a groundhog, she's in trouble. I don't think I've ever seen a groundhog live. My dog got my dog was 126 pounds back in PA, Dakota. Yeah. He was a Rottweiler kind of mix. And uh, he got in a fight with a groundhog once. He learned his lesson. He came back crying. Oh, you know what? I, I, so I haven't seen one live, but I, like, I've seen it on Groundhog Day. Yeah. And, yeah, those things, that thing was big. Oh, I mean, that like a, it's like a raccoon. Their little groundhog holes mm-hmm. will tear out a tractor tire. That's why, that's why farmers hate them. No kidding. So it's just like it gets stuck in the divot and then it can't get out? Their holes are huge. I mean, it'll, it'll break an axle. Really? Yep. Wow. That, that's how they live. Boy, I could never be a farmer, man. I would hate that life so much. I couldn't even <laughs> tell you what it would be like to be told you have to be up at 5 a.m. Screw 5 a.m., probably 3 a.m. every day, 
you know, like to milk the cows. Or- Dude, I, I'll tell you what, man. My first time driving was on a tractor at 12 years old. Well, that would be cool. But I drove a tractor a small- from my dad's, <laughs> my, my grandmother's house to our farm because uh, we have, my grandma has a farm. And we used to, my dad rents it out to a, a farmer, but uh, we would do an acre or two of potatoes. And um, I actually drove the tractor to the farm when I was 12. If there's any police officers listening, please do not listen to that comment. Well, I mean, I think it's legal in a lot of those states. Well, I don't know about Pennsylvania, but I know it's legal in, like, Iowa, I think at 14 or something like that. So, um, but anyway, um, I think you'll be proud of me. I I did a lot of research last night on college basketball. Okay. And I think I learned what I needed to learn to kind of be on pace. Also, because, you know, it's going to be soon. It's going to be time to fill out that bracket. You, and, you have to fill a bracket And um, I want to make some futures bets because oh. I, I know from Anderson that every time he wins money and the tournament is not betting on individual games, he bets on like six teams as a pre – before he even starts, you know. I'll give you my futures bet when we get to that segment because I got a good one. Well, you, you need to have like four or five. I know, but I, I've got one in particular. All right, cool. So, you know, we got something really exciting next week. Kayla Nichols is going to call in. She has a new commercial on for Digit Trigger. If you have not seen this commercial yet, please, I I know you're going to get it up on our website, but this commercial is so awesome. It's only a trailer right now. Kayla Nichols is in a black cat suit and looks amazing, and she's flying an AR-15 out of a helicopter. But what's the commercial for? Digit Trigger. Is it a kind of trigger that you put on a gun or you put it on the gun yes is it like to make it faster firing yes. or ah gotcha okay it is and it's it's absolutely amazing i mean she plays the villain because i talked to her about this she plays the villain that's why she's in a black cat suit and <laughs> i mean she's hanging out of a helicopter shooting an ar-15 love it nice nice well i i can't remember when we had her on the show it was, it was close to oh, a it's year been a while ago i don't know if it's been a full year or not can you turn my gain down a little bit? I think I'm because oh, sure. I, I keep hearing my breath, and I don't know if that's if it's just picking up too much no, or if I've got the ma- microphone in the wrong spot. I kept trying to move it, but it doesn't seem to adjust that part too much. No, you're good. Um, so let's see. Uh, you want to jump on the trivia question? Do you want me to do it, or you want me to do it? Uh, go ahead. We can jump right in it because I already know the answer because you picked uh, my favorite basketball team of all time. You know, the first question I, I picked, there was too many answers, and I thought that it would just get too convoluted. Uh, I was going to ask, like, what is, you know, I think the first question I had was, what is the most NCAA tournament uh, championships by a, by a school? Okay. And there was three that were tied, yep. but all the articles I could find about it were over a few years old. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't think any of these teams won it in the last three years, but with Duke, you never, I, you know, it's like, I always forget, like, Duke wins them so often or often enough that it's like, well, probably every three years is probably right. You know, they probably win one every three years or so. But I think it was um, I think it was five titles, and I think it was shared by IU, Kentucky, and Duke, if I remember right. You're exactly right. So that one was, you know, but I, I thought it might also be too easy of a question. Uh, the question you're talking about, so the question we had for trivia this week was, what is the largest margin of victory in a championship game in the NCAA tournament? So just those title games, the very final game of each tournament. And uh, it was bigger than I would have thought. I mean, it was it's a pretty drastic number. You would think for a, for a title game, you wouldn't think it would be that drastic. Well, I'll give everybody a hint. It happened at McNichols Arena. So there's your hint. So if people don't know where McNichols is. Well, it, it's a, the former arena of the Denver Nuggets and the Avs, or the, the Colorado Rockies hockey team, which moved to uh, Jersey to become the Devils. Um, doesn't stand there anymore. 
but it, 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 so it's it, been torn down. Oh yeah. It's been torn down for a lot of years. And then, you know, now there's the Pepsi center that people go to, to watch, you know, and, and it's a great, it's a great venue for, I saw Garth Brooks there. I saw black keys there seen, uh, I think I've seen somebody else there. And then I've also, I've probably seen six nugget games and probably four avalanche games. Uh, I still always contend if you don't like hockey on TV, which I hate hockey on TV because I can't follow what's going on. The, Hockey Live is a completely different game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know you're not a hockey fan on TV. Um, I am a fan on TV just because I know the game so much. And right. I played the game. Um, but live, it's incredible. You've never – until you – I've sat on the ice at McNichols on the boards. Yeah, until that'd be you, nice. Until you get people spit flying on the glass right in <laughs> front of you, you've never seen hockey. I think the best we ever got was, I think, nine rows back, and I got that with work. Um, you got to sit there. Those are great. Did one time get to sit in a booth. We They bought one of those, you know, the suites or whatever for our, our company for a basketball, for a Nuggets game. Yep. And the Nuggets won. But what's really crazy is there's fridge, like there's a fridge everywhere in there that are full of stocked of, you know, sodas and drinks and beers and stuff like that and wine. And then they have all sorts of food and they like, they keep bringing food like every time, every quarter, they bring like a different round of, of food. So I did that for the mammoth when the mammoth first, first, uh, first came out, um, you know, their opening night and game that's pre-season. lacrosse, right? That's lacrosse, okay. indoor lacrosse, NLL, um, national Cross league, uh, the Mammoth played the Wings from Philly at midnight after a Avalanche game. And the Wait, cra- they, play, they played an Avalanche game and then they played an, a lacrosse yes, game? Yes, they decided to roll out the Mammoth at midnight. And the wow. crowd was so drunk and so raucous, it was absolutely hysterical. Now, was, did you have to buy a ticket for each event? Um, Probably. I was in a box. I have no idea, man. <laughs> I, was, I was there on Ruben's dime and I was free. Oh, did you guys get to go there and watch the hockey game too? Oh yeah, we had, we saw everything. It was uh, I I can't remember the company's name anymore. So they let them. Uh, so they let them just. Buy, what do you mean you don't know the name of the company? No, not Spice. It, oh. it wasn't Spice. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was uh, one of Ruben's friends, and uh, he brought us all down there. Man, we we watched the game, and then gotcha. you know the NL they rolled down the turf on onto the hockey floor, and uh, we had some fun. I'll tell you what, man, that was a Rockets crowd. I love that stuff. Wait, it was on turf? Yeah, they play on turf. Boy, you never seen sense. indoor lacrosse. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, because every lacrosse game I've ever seen was on grass. But I was just thinking, it must be hard to get grass. I guess. I mean, did they put down the hardwood first and then put down another and layer? They put down some sort of uh, interstructural thing like rubber, and then they roll down astroturf. Wow! How they secure it. I mean, I, I don't think they really it, did. But... I mean, it didn't well, move. I can tell you that. Do, I mean, well, he, here's the thing with the uh, with, with with indoor lacrosse. It is a very physical sport, and you're mm-hmm. going to see somebody's head get knocked off if you go to a game. <laughs> That's always a plus. I mean, you have to have something to look forward to. Yeah, you know. Well, and for me, the big thing with hockey, though, live is, and and I realize that you don't have this problem. I don't think Mike. Uh, you know, Chi-Town Mike or even uh, Throw and Ho have ever had this problem of noticing the puck and where it goes in the net and everything. That's why hockey doesn't work for me on TV. I can't see the puck going into the net until the replay, and that takes most of the enjoyment out of it for me. When I see it live, it's amazing how different it is. I mean, it's, it's that tiny little puck, and you're nowhere near as close as you are with the TV cameras. But, man, I can see the puck 100% of the time. I can see exactly where it is. And when there's a shot on goal, I see it go into the goal. 
Well, the that's, biggest that's the thing, difference for the me. biggest thing I love about hockey live is I love to see what the coaches and the bench are doing because there's so much strategy and what line you're going to put out and what line you're going to counter with as the opposing team because the home team gets first line choice. So I mean, there's so now, much. Now, what strategy. do you mean first line choice? Uh, first line choice, like let's say the there, there's a stoppage to play, the home team gets to put out their line, the away team gets to counter it, the home team gets to counter that, they get the last line choice. So now, do you counter with a whole different line or just a different player? Doesn't make a difference. You can do anything you want. When you're the host team, you get last choice of what you want to put on the ice. So basically, it's, it's kind of like if you were watching a baseball game and you have a pitcher out there, they bring up a hitter to counter that pitcher, so you bring in a different pitcher to match up to that hitter, and then they, they pull that hitter for another hitter. Exactly. I got gotcha. you. You hit right on the head right there. Okay. Do we want to go right into the MLB? Because, um, you know, I'm wearing my old school shirt here. We can. We can. I, uh, the one thing I was going to say was if people don't know, if they're not out here in Colorado, it, now it, it was just starting to flurry when I got here. It looks it like was. it's actually killed off right now. And the snow's not really supposed to kick in until about four. It's right. supposed to start snowing at probably about another half an hour or so. Yeah. But it won't. It, it, in Colorado, you know, they, they're prepared a lot of the time. It's, Whenever there's a snowstorm that we're not prepared for, that's when driving gets crazy. But you know they, they they've already been spraying the roads and they, have, they, have. they you know they're they're ready to go and, and and stuff won't stick too much. Now Sunday morning they're warning people not to drive if you don't have to. Yep. Um, if you ever need an excuse for church, there you go. Don't have to go to church on Sunday because it's dangerous. And uh, the Lord <laughs> wants you to stay safe. So go ahead and sleep in tomorrow morning. I won't be sleeping in because the damn dogs are going to get me up. But. Um, I uh, it it's supposed to snow. They were saying between, was it like six and and nine inches? I think. Uh, about four and eight is what I last heard when I I was in my apartment. So. Okay, and I think they said it's supposed to snow a little bit more towards the foothills. So if you're in yes. Boulder, yeah. In fact, it was already snowing in Boulder when I was driving down here. It was saying so. Um, if people don't know, Boulder's like down in a canyon, kind of. It is. So it's cold. It. Colder than Denver. Yes, and it, and and Denver has this, or Colorado has this thing where you know it's all the the cold air is sloping off the uh, off the fourteeners and whatnot, and it mixes with the warmer air down low, and that's what creates a lot of the storm systems. And especially if they've got any power coming over the mountains, then it just adds a whole bunch more, like you know. Uh, and this is makes this violent, is what we have because they're calling for three feet in the mountains. Yes, yes, and uh, you know uh, uh, Chavez, Captain Chavez is up in Steamboat Springs. Oh, good lord! Uh, to take advantage of what's supposed to be a <laughs> massively dumping. Uh, you know, first or a weekend this weekend for, and this is actually our biggest. Uh, they were talking about last night, the snowiest month in Colorado of always been March. Yes, and we're starting for second day of March, and we're gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna get hit hard. One hundred percent right, man. I have not skied since two thousand and ten, I think. But March has always been our snowiest month, and um. I've been with Captain Chavez on some of those <laughs> ski trips. I'll tell you what, the Glades and Steamboat, unbelievable. Yeah, Steamboat's just a great city. I mean, I've only been, to, I've only actually gotten to go one time because it's just it's a long ways to drive. You know, if you're not a big time skier, and I, I wasn't even a big time skier before. But then when I blew my knees out, it was like, well, I'm yeah. not ever going to ski again because it's just, you know, if you've ever been skiing, <laughs> there's a lot of pressures put on your knees. Yes, uh, especially when you are turning and there's thick powder. You know. Um, there's also nothing more fun than hitting the plow into the thick powder and spraying your buddies. But, you know, that's a, that's a whole you know, I, I got to interrupt real quick because you just hit something right on the head here. Um, I want to send my thoughts and prayers to the Werner family. Ruthie Werner passed away at age 59 this, uh, this past week. She was our athletic trainer in high school. I was a sophomore 
15 years old when I blew my knee out and Ruthie was my trainer and she unfortunately passed away this week. So thoughts and prayers to the Warner family. Absolutely. Do we know what she passed on from? Uh, you know, I didn't read the whole article. I just kind of threw it out there. I told people if they wanted to call in and say a, a good story about Ruthie, they're more than welcome to. So. How old was Ruthie? Do you know? Uh, 59. Oh, you did say that. I'm sorry. Yeah. 59. That's young. Um, she was a very large woman. Okay. So maybe stress on the body or yes. something. Yeah. Oh, that's just, that's, that stinks though. You hate that. Um, especially cause you always wonder if like, if it could have been prevented, if someone was able to get, you know, a certain scanning or a certain procedure or, you know, I mean, I keep hoping that by the time, you know, we hit about 12 more years in the future that they've uh, learned how to clone things from our stem cells and be like, all right, I like a new one of these and a new one of those and a new one of those. And I'm already in so much debt. Don't worry. Just put it on the credit and I'll just, you know, just won't worry about it. Maybe I can, maybe I'll live long enough to pay it off if you give me uh, some new organs, you know? So um, you said you want to jump into baseball. So uh, I see you got your jersey on. You got your uh, Mike Schmidt looking jersey. I don't know. Is that what the name is on the back? No, there's no name on the back. Ah. I actually just want classic on this one. This is a vintage, a cool like color. 1969. Oh, really? I was going to say like because 81. Because in the 70s, they had the zipper. Really? Yes, they had a zipper, and now I have the I have the buttons. But I think Schmidt. I think Schmidt has a couple of pictures where his he looks like that. Yep. And then he has some like the baseball cards. Yep. And then the baseball cards where he's got like the pinstripes. Yep. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're called pinstripes, even if they're not Yankee color, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's and they're like the, the, the burgundy. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea where the burgundy color comes from? Absolutely like, like, not. <laughs> I mean, they may just be just random, right? It's, it's one of those things that they picked. The baby blue was a, a, an art of the 60s and the 70s is what I'm, I've been told. You know, the baby blue color. And the, we brought it back at the Iron Pigs uh, for a game. And um, quite frankly, the sharpest jerseys I think we've ever worn. They are I cool. say we like I can still work there. No, but it's, they're, they're, it's a cool color. You know, it's it's different than what you have. You know, it's kind of a, a royal color. It looks like the it royals. Is. It is. And it is. Um, but you made me think of something. Um, oh, when I was in high school, that was when the Rockies uh, became a franchise, and I lived in California back then. And I'll never forget. You know, Sports Illustrated always had that um, good good for the week and bad for the week or something like that, or that had a good week and had a bad week or whatever that is. Like somebody they would praise and then someone they would like this. And they dissed the Rockies for picking the dark colors of black, purple, and I guess white. I guess, I, but like the dark, the dark black and the purple, because they said it was gang colors, and they already had enough huh. gang problems with you know Raiders gear. And I'm like, well, getting on a team because they like dark, if they chose dark colors, isn't really fair. And then of course they were lauding the Marlins like crazy because they were teal and they were white, and it's like, well, yeah, they're a coastal place, and. I mean, is there anyone on this earth that thinks the Marlins uniforms are better looking than the Rockies? Absolutely not. <laughs> At least not back when they me? started. <laughs> now, now they got that they got that newer hat, and then, of course, how how ironic is it that they've kind of gone to the black jersey, right? Because they yes. got the black jersey with like the multicolored M, you know? They, they do, and and, and they, they brought it kind of back with a teal and a pink this year because mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to make it more a little Miami-ish. Um, so I've seen so the make it more South Beaches. Yeah, South Beaches. <laughs> South Beach. That was me. Sorry. I, I, I'll tell you what, man. That's a, that's a tongueful. South Beach ish. So in this show, we do want to cover uh, what's going on with MLB. Of course, we had some big news just break a you know day or so ago. Excuse me, a day or so ago. Um, we do want to review the top ten fantasy baseball shortstops. We're getting close, guys. It's, we're going to be. I don't even we're know if we're going to get all the way through the through the fantasy positions. I'm not sure how many more weeks we have till the drafts. Um, I know that we draft the weekend before the season starts, and I think it starts on the 28th. So we may only have like three more shows 
So uh, third base next week and then outfield and then pitching, I guess, is going to be – I mean, th- that should help us, you know, hit everything. Um, but we may have to do a little more time uh, for baseball and outfield uh, those two weeks. And we also want to talk about the power structure in the NCAA. We were talking already about yep. uh, the games we got coming up. We've got the championship weekend coming up and uh, – or tournament week. What do they call it? Well, it's, it's, it's a conference championship week. Oh, conference oh, championship yeah, week. Yeah, conference That's championship week. And uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, the conference championship in the Mountain West and the Pac-12 don't really matter, but they will still have one. And, of course, we're always going to look forward to the Big Ten, ACC, uh, Big 12. Those should be some nice tournaments. There's also the uh, is it the American Conference. Is that what they call that one? Yes. Uh, oh. UConn and all those. They've got more teams. I didn't know UConn was in the American Conference. Yeah, they are. They've got more teams in it than the Pac-12, which is kind of embarrassing. Well, the problem with the Pac-12 right now is Washington is your number one team, and they're ranked 25th. Wow. That's the biggest problem with the Pac-12. So, I mean, when you're ranked 25th and you're the number one team in the Pac-12, I mean, you have a hard time really – I mean, as a dark horse, I love them, but you also have to look at them going, boy, they lost a lot of games. That's just wild to think that UCLA, um, San Diego – San Diego's not in the Pac-12. They're not? No. What team, San, what, San Diego State in? is in the uh, Mountain West. Uh, ooh, that's kind of an insult. Well, uh, it's easier, easier, to get in, easier to get into playoffs. It, it, it comes, comes from football. Gotcha, gotcha. So the Aztecs wanted to play there instead. Yeah, that, I mean, they, they got kind of forced there instead. Huh. Wow. The Pac-12 but they, but they didn't let, want to. they let Colorado in. But at the point, Colorado's not any good this year. I mean, Utah's not very good that I, that I remember. I'm really surprised Utah's not good. Washington, Washington State. I guess I don't know. Washington State. Well, Oregon was ranked a lot of the year, and then all of a sudden they just kind of nosedived. Oh, so they bottomed out. Okay. Oh, they just bottomed out. I mean, yeah. they just flatlined. So you know, we, we can talk about that stuff later. So you want to talk about the Phillies? So I'd love to talk the big about the Phillies. Is Bryce Harper franchise player for the next thirteen years, three hundred million plus, and uh, we're going after Mike Trout now, right now. Uh, <laughs> good luck on that one. I'll tell you what, man. The you Phillies aren't playing around right now. I mean, the Angels aren't a very good team. so No, they are. Uh, we'll see what they do. So here's the first question I got for you on Bryce Harper. And I was talking to Chi-Town Mike about this a little bit. Okay. Uh, just a couple of times. I haven't talked to that guy in years. Uh, yeah, we were, we were just texting. He was just asking kind of about the deal. I thought, thought they got a bargain. And I was like, well, you know what? If, if he plays at his maximum potential, it's a huge bargain. Because they're only paying about $25 million a year, 25.9 yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yep. <clears throat> But it's 13 years. You better hope this guy does get his head screwed on straight and produces, because otherwise, that's a guaranteed contract. You're giving away $330 million, and that can hamstring your franchise if he doesn't do well. So I guess my first question is, what to you, what would be for the next – let's just say for the first – so he's, what, 26, I think? Um, Sounds maybe about right. 25, 26. I don't think he's 27 yet. I don't think he's 27. So let's assume so 13 years puts him at 30, gosh, almost 40, right? Close. So, but we all he know signed that, a lifetime contract, pretty much is what it is. Yeah, and we know that those last few years on any of these major contracts, you know, they're not going to be any good. Yeah. Todd Helton wasn't any good. Alex Rodriguez wasn't any good. You know, all these guys were terrible. The, you know, Albert Pujols, you know, he's got like four more years left on this deal. He does. So you know, <laughs> you accept that you're not going to get good production those last years, but you're paying for the bulk of the good years, and you're getting this prime. Right, you're going to have him from 27 through 35. So you should get all like seven to eight of his best years. So I want to know for you, for the next like, let's just say seven years, 
for the contract to be a success, what numbers do you want to see him average per season in production? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say this first. I have a lot of res- I'll have a, I have a lot of more respect for the guy, knowing that he did not want to trade out clause in it. I thought he wanted an opt-down clause, and that was holding it up. It actually turns out he wanted a no-trade clause. So I have a lot more respect for the guy after knowing that because I know he's a little finicky and a little uh, – Did he get that? Yes. He got an no, no, uh, uh, absolute no-trade. 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 He's got no-trade. So okay. that gives me a lot more respect for the guy because he's a diva. And divas can – I mean, I thought he wanted an opt-down at three years is, is what the report was about four days ago. Um, I didn't like that. I said at that point, I was like, I don't even want the guy anymore. But when I heard he wanted a no opt out and a no trade clause, I was like, you know what? Now I like him again, because if you own a no trade clause in a 13 year contract, that means you're ready to play. I so agree with numbers, that, but I would say a no trade clause is just saying if, if this team goes to hell and they want to get rid of me, I don't want to go to a, a franchise that's terrible and be right. stuck there um, for so many years. There is, a weird rule in baseball, and I don't know if it's been corrected. It, w- it went into place when Jeff Shaw and Tommy Lasorda made the terrible trade, one of the worst in history for Jeff Shaw from the Reds to be their closer. And Oh, I remember this one. Yeah, I think you're traded in the middle of a multi-year deal. You can demand a trade the following season or something like that. I don't know if that was still a rule or not, but that is a concern if you, know, if you were to trade you know, Bryce Harper. But I think the whole thought process between or behind doing that opt out after a certain number of years, Kershaw had that and he did take advantage of it only because the Dodgers were like, well, we want to keep you. So if you want to exercise that, we'll give you a new deal to keep you here pretty much till the end. Right. And Nolan Arenado who signed with the Rockies not long before Harper signed with, and he signed for uh 300, uh, no 200 and it was like two, what, 280, 260. 260 million for eight years. So he got the highest per season average ever, but it's a shorter, shorter deal overall. Now his does have an opt-out clause and a full no trade clause, but the opt-out is in three years. The whole reason behind those is when you're basically saying to a team, if three years from now you are not trying to win or you are going the wrong direction and I'm going to be 30 years old, I want to have the option to opt out so I can go to a different team. Now, with what, what Bryce Harper was doing is he picked the team to go to, or at least picked the teams that were willing to pay him. Yeah. And so that was a choice that he made. And, and I'm he really surprised the Giants came in at the last second. I mean, well, they met with out of nowhere. times, I think. Yeah. I, it's, out of nowhere, the Giants just came in. I'm like, you're a horrible team. Yeah, he had to know better than everything that that was even that was a negotiation ploy on his part, yeah. just to try and get his money up. But I still think that the whole point with that that note with that opt out thing is, you know what, you're my, this is my home team, right? So this is Aaron Otto. He's been a Rocky his whole life. I'm signing on a deal to pretty much be a Rocky for the rest of my life. If I'm going to do what Todd Helton did and some of these other guys did, I want to know there's a shot that I can get a title. You know that I, we can become a winning franchise. It's different with Bryce Harper because he picked his team. So he, he had the option to pick a place where he thinks that he could be a long-term success. Now, Phillies are not a bad option to pick, but that's why I was asking, like, what, do you, what would really be numbers that you would consider success? Well, I mean, looking at his numbers last year, I mean, he hit 34 dangers, 137 in hits. I want to get him in the 40 range. For the next three years, you know, 40 or 45 would be optimal. 
Um, Hits-wise, maybe up to about 150. And I think that would be a success. You know, you don't want to put too much pressure on the guy, but in the same instance, you paid him that much money. you got to put a little pressure on him. So he is 26 years old. I would, to me, anything less than 30 home runs would be a failure of a year. Yes. Anything less than 10 steals. Now, I'm not asking for a lot of steals, but I am saying you got to show me that you're going to put a lot of effort. Had 13 last year. Right, so he should be able to get ten. He's young enough. Yeah, uh, for the next like three or four years, I uh, thirty home runs it would be a, a floor. But I agree with you, forty is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he can do that. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I know he can hit forty. I don't know that he's got the swing for it right now. I'll tell you what, he's going to play at the bank, Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philly, and that's one of his best ballparks that he's ever played in. And so he has good offensive numbers. He there. has great offense. He is. He's, that's the the um, the ballpark that he's hit the most home runs as an away team. Really? Yes. I did so, know that. Okay. Um, I am very encouraged about that uh, because the left field wall out there is very forgiving, and uh-huh. he really can make that swing. So, you know, it's really kind of weird the way this guy hits. So the more plate appearances he has, it seems like the worst batting average he produces, which tends to say, or it says to me, he's got a hole in his swing. And the more he bats, the more chances you have to expose Well, it. we saw that two years ago when his swing went to all crap. Um, he, had, he went through a, a, a process two years ago where he couldn't hit a ball to save his life. I mean, his swing was so horrible. But I, I, I think of I how crazy it is that – Two years ago, he actually batted 319. He did, but there was a stretch for a month where he couldn't hit nothing. Right, and it was, all, it was almost all at the end of yep. the season, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. No, he also missed a bunch of games that year. So he, he, only, batted, he only played 111 games, which means he missed almost 50. So he missed almost a third of the season, which that's, that's a big concern. Now, he's, he's had he's kind of up and down. I mean, his first ever year, he played 140 games. That's good. Second year, 118. Third year, 100. Then 153 and 147, great. Then back down to the 111 we were talking about. Yep. Then last year, 159. So three out of the last four years, he's played 140-plus games. Right. You need that. You need, he needs to be out there all the time. Uh, so his best year, year he won the MVP, batted 330, 42 dingers, 99, only 99 RBIs. Um, that's not really his fault, right? That's, that's one of the players in front of you. Yeah. Uh, 38 doubles and 118 runs. Now that's, that's impressive. And that number, he hasn't really come that close to again. He hasn't. And, and that, that's a hundred percent fact. There's no fiction to it. it. He has not come close to that number yet. again. Now he's got a good offensive team around him in Philly. He had a good, Very team, good but he had a good team. offensive team around him in Washington. I mean, he had, you know, Ryan Zimmerman last year had a great renaissance year. Uh, Daniel Murphy had a number of good years for him. Uh, Adam Eaton was, well, he was good until he got hurt both years, which is pretty early each year. Um, they had Denard Spawn. They had, um, oh, I'm missing, uh, 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 I, I, he's the, the play shortstop, uh, Anthony uh, Rendon. Rendon. Yeah. Um, who else do they have in Washington? They've had other good players. Oh, they got Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. They've got, uh, who played uh, third base for them? Uh, I think Zimmerman was a first baseman. Um, darn it. I'm, I'm trying to think of the guys that he's been playing with over the whole span of the year. Right, like right. Seven years so far. 
Um, but a lot of good players in Washington, which is why it's kind of disappointing that he hasn't really produced, you know, the way you're thinking. He's on, he's on the right track. He's got more RBIs each of the last three years. He's got more home runs each of the last three years. He's got more walks. Um, well, last year he had the most walks by far. And in fact, I think he might have led the league in walks last year. So, okay, so, so the lineup is basically um... – Doolittle as uh, – well, I'm sorry. Uh, Suzuki, Zimmerman, uh, Dozier, Rendon, Turner, Soto, Robles, Ian. So, so uh, Soto is the rookie coming out. So he's Soto is a, the rookie. But he, did, but he didn't play with Great pickup in fantasy baseball. Yeah, but, but, but Harper didn't play with him at all. Well, not really. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to think of the guy that he played with. And there's one other guy that we're missing. Oh, Jason Worth. He played with Jason Worth yeah, for he a did. number of years. And Jason Worth used to be a Philly. He, Jason Worth played right field. Jason Worth used to be every team. He was a Dodger. He was a Toronto. He was a Blue Jay. He was a Philly. He was Jason Worth was a fan everything. favorite in Philly. That's when they won the World Series. He was loved everywhere he went. He was because he was a kind of a, he was just kind of a hard nosed blue collar guy. Grind. Yeah, it was a blue collar guy. He just didn't 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 say a lot. Didn't get in a lot of make a lot of statements or get you know people's nerves or prima donna. He just went out and played. Yeah, and that's what the guy I, was. Hey, I love that too. I like it. It was like Dexter. He's tough as nails. They called them nails. I thought you said Dexter. No, Dexter. And I was like, man. I was like, and I think it was Anthony Michael Hall, and I'm like, huh? Uh, yeah, dude, I miss I miss Lenny Dykstra. I, I, even God, more, he got I, so many problems right now. Even more so, yeah, I I I, I miss the arrest records that he used to uh, put out every year. I guess he had another good arrest last year, right? He got the I, I think he did. He got Unfortunately, the, either the gun charge or the drug charge. I can't remember which one was last year. That guy's like the opposite of Daryl Strawberry. Like Daryl Strawberry went like clean after he finally like finally went clean at like forty, you know. And Dykstra's like the other way around. He, he got dirty. <laughs> He's right and dirty. So we got you got a good squad in Philly. Yeah, we do. So this this should I mean they won eighty two games last year if I remember right, mm-hmm. and they finished out of the playoffs. They were in it very late. close out of the playoffs though. And that last like two weeks or so, they yeah. just kind of faltered. They they really floundered in September. Now, I can't remember. Who else did they bring in there? They brought in Real Muto. Yep. JT. Uh, trying to do it off the top of uh, my head. Machado. But wasn't it? Uh, well, they didn't get uh, McCutcheons. McCutcheons. Oh, that's it. Andrew yeah. McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon. And then I'm for sorry. pitching, let's see, you got Nola. You got... Uh, I don't um, know why I said Machado. <laughs> Ari- so I got M's on my mind here. Arietta, Nola. Um, I think Vlasquez is actually going to be a, a, as a spot starter. Um, who am I missing? There's like two more big pictures they got there uh so i want to do I, I want to do it from memory i hate doing it looking it up but no, i know to, man it, sometimes your memory just gets shot <laughs> well that's the, it's like the four and a half hours of sleep that, that's kind of that's kind of killing me oh they got reese hoskins that's, yes. another, that's another nice that's a batter not a hitter or not a oh not Mikhail a franco franco that, that yeah. was the guy and then they also brought in john uh, they brought in john segura and then they got Scott Kingery, who's I, I, if it's the same Kingery I'm thinking of, he's a pretty highly touted uh, prospect that could. I know he's a shortstop, but I think he could unseat uh, Cesar Hernandez and take over second base because I don't think Jen Segura is going anywhere. Uh, do you have the pitching staff up there? I'm trying uh, to... We got uh, Nola, Arietta, Velasquez, Taveda, and Ellen. Huh. On the bench, we are gonna we're gonna throw at you Dominguez, Hunter. Nisasio, uh, Nashek, and Neris. Huh. I thought, boy, I thought there was another, I thought there was another pitcher there because that staff doesn't seem 
as strong as I was thinking. So Nola, Arietta. So I guess Pavetta, I guess that's kind of the, it's kind of a wild card. I mean, I think he was good last year. I just can't remember if he's got a track record or if it was like a first, you know, first big, even like full, first full time year. Um, you know, so they got Juan Nicasio in the bullpen. That guy has got to be 50. He was a Rocky back when, like, when they had uh, Mike Hampton. Wasn't yeah, he a it, pitcher it, back then? It, 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 it's a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. Well, whatever happened to Mike Hampton, man? Oh, good he Lord, went who knows? to the Mets after this? No. I, I, I think he went to the Mets. He was you the know, Mets. I think you're the, right. Well, because he went to he was in he was an Astro, right? That's where he became big, I think. And then I think it was I know he was an Astro. I just don't know if that was when he was his biggest year if that was in Atlanta. Boy, that's See, I, this is what I, I, wish, I think I wish he wish we had, up a, I wish we had a statistician person to look stuff up for us. I know. That'd be fun. <laughs> you know, some people have said they want to do that for us, but no one ever wants to call in or or be on the hook for it early on a Saturday morning. So, um you know, and when you're sitting there watching all that snowfall, you realize what you could have been doing instead. Exactly. So what do you what's your prediction for wins? I mean, we, we're close to the start of the season. We're going to make our predictions in a couple of weeks here for the seasons uh, or for the divisions here. What is a successful win total for you, whether or not they make the playoffs? A uh, successful win total. I expect them to win the NL East right now with the way they stand and the line that they have. I expect an NL East win the championship. So Going into the playoffs, I'm not sure if they can beat the Dodgers with that pitching staff, but if, I, if the Dodgers pitching staff even can stay healthy, why? Well, no, that's that's, that's the biggest <laughs> thing. Um, I think it's going to be if though if if we play each other because you're a Dodger fan, you're you're a Dodger boy. So if we play each other, I think it's going to be a great series. We're going to have some great radio shows. I but, think it uh, probably be. A, I think it would be a good series. I think the bullpen of the Dodgers would be the difference. Yes, that. and that's that's the biggest problem I have with the Phillies. Is they really don't have that ball pen I want to see yet. They've got the hitting. I mean, they've got it start the it, it, start it, to finish. It, they've got the hitting. Still, if they've still got money that they're willing to spend, I would go out and get Craig Kimbrell. Why not? Well, they've talked about that. Okay, that'd be a great move. Now I don't know. I don't know what he's asking for. He might be asking for a lot. He could be. I, I know they've are, talked about you know. it. I I haven't heard. I saw it one time on Sports Center. I think that the Phillies were talking to Kimbrell, but I'm not sure what he's asking anymore. Also, for those of you that are fantasy foot or baseball players out there, you know what? I, I'm going to go out and make a bold prediction. It's not that bold. Uh, get the Rockies closer. Three or four years in a row now their closer has dominated yeah. because they play so many close games because of the fact that they've got that ballpark and there's a lot of runs scored. But two years ago, it was, what's his name? Who I don't even know who he plays for now. Was it great? Was it Holland? Uh, who the hell was that? I think it was the guy from the Kansas city. Oh boy. Was it Greg Holland? It could be. See, this is where you know, I'm just, no sleep is not helping. Um, <laughs> But then last year they had like I can't remember the name of the guy who pitched last year, but he's I think he's there again this year to be the closer. And he had like and he and he led the league with forty forty four or something. It's crazy to think that Kenley Jansen, who I had on my fantasy team, and Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado had like the second or third most home runs and like the second or third most RBIs. And Kenley Jansen had the second most saves. And yet if you look at my team, they were they were, they were disasters because they didn't produce early. And yeah. it just goes to show you how quickly you can fall in baseball. It's a long season, but that's actually worse than football because 
if you fall, if you go two and six in your first eight games or first eight weeks or, or something like that, or even first five weeks, if you go one and four, if you go, you know, two and four, two and five, it's hard to recover. Now, Nate actually did recover from that a couple of years ago and ended up making the championship game because the team just got hot at just the right moment. And he was like one game away from an elimination for like six weeks. And he just kept winning. The people above him just kept losing. And, you know, but you can't really depend on that. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, you hit it right on the head. My, I had two teams last year that I played. One won a championship. The nice. team that actually had a losing record was better on paper. Than the <laughs> right. one that won the championship, right. because all those players produced early and often. They lost two games that year, or I lost two games last year, and it was all late in the season. <laughs> I won every. I was undefeated up to the end of the season. Well, and you know another thing that's really kind of crazy is, and this happens to me a lot, where I'm I'm notorious, especially in baseball, for picking slow starting teams. Unfortunately, I do it in football a lot too where I'm somehow, <laughs> I just always focus, I'm always on players that are good late season performers, and I don't even mean to be, but in baseball, that happens to me especially bad, and the reason that's a killer, right, it's like, even if you're going to get somebody who peters out after half the season, it is so key, when you go, when you win a lot in those first, you know, the first half of a season, or even the first quarter of a season, because you don't have to jettison your bench, and you can have these guys on your bench and say, oh, I'm going to wait for them to come around and wait for see, see which one of these guys produces because I've got my lineup and these are just my extra my extras. When you're terrible and you're losing and, you're, and your studs and, and, and supposedly starters that you drafted are not good, you're spending all of your capital picking up reserve players and saying, I can't wait for this guy to produce because I need a player now who can do something. Same thing happens if you – like we have like three IR slots in my baseball league. I wish I had one more, man. I only had two. Yeah. I mean, and I like, I would like to have more than three, except you get people like, uh, like, you know, co-host who's not here, Nate, uh, he loves to draft injured players, fill up his IR with all long-term injury guys who are going to be back in three or two or three months, Mm -hmm. because then they can give you a nice boon to your team. And that works great as long as your, uh, the rest of your team doesn't start getting hurt. Right. which can happen. Like that happened to me last year. You get a rash of like four guys get hurt in the first two weeks. And they're out for four weeks. Now you're playing with a super hamstring, hamstring, uh, hamstring. How would you say that? Hamstring? <laughs> Cause I've seen you hamstringed. A huppo. I don't know. That's I don't weird. know. I, I've seen your, your football huh. drafts. I've never seen your baseball draft. Your football <laughs> drafts are interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, football, I've had a lot of success. So, I mean, I, I, I don't have any changes to make in football. I think I've got, I think I've been in, I want to say six championship games in the last four seasons. So I mean, that's a pretty good, you know, and I, well, I do play like three teams a year. You gave but. me the KOD last year at Nate, Nate's birthday party, man. Everybody's like, oh, Pete, even Pete was like, dude, your team's so good at your you know? I'm like, don't say that. I'm like, my team's not that good. And all of a sudden, Kamara took a dump because uh, they were playing Ingram. Well, dude, if, if Cousins just, had not. It just went straight down. If Cousins there. hadn't gone to shit, you'd have been fine. I know. But Cousins going, to, to, shit. Cousins going to crap and then also Kamara basically them them slowing him down on purpose to save his leg that's what they did by having mark ingram playing that that's what was really doing it for you was that he became he was a workhorse back yep. because ingram was out for drugs those first four or six games whatever four games, it was. four games they just it makes it make, all that stuff makes such a big difference and it's so funny when you look back out on your draft after like week four or five in baseball or football you're always just like, oh, what was I thinking? I, why didn't I take that guy? Why was I thinking he wasn't going to have another good year? He's killing it. Or 
you know, why did I take this guy? Why do you think he was going to be this super stud when I could have taken this tried and true player, you know? But then it can go the opposite direction because last year Nate had picked up Josh Donaldson, which is a nice late pickup. For, uh, he was in the Braves and it looked like an amazing pick. He got him in like the fourth or fifth round. The guy was looking just like the Josh Donaldson of his MVP, you, you know, style years, crushing it, you know, knocking in tons of runs, hitting lots of homers, then got hurt and missed, gosh, I want to say, 10 weeks or something like that. It was something crazy. And then he came back and got hurt again. And it just goes to show you the change in fortunes. Like, you know, four weeks in, you're thinking, this is what an amazing steal this guy is. Then by week eight, you're like, what a dunce this guy is. What a a drag this guy is. So, you know, and then baseball being a 22-week season, a regular season for most people, uh, or 21 weeks, it's a long time to suffer if your team's bad. And that's why I hate having bad teams in baseball because it makes it so long. Oh, it definitely does. So I want to give everybody a quick update. If you're going to bet college basketball today, Zion Williamson, Zion will not be playing uh, for his third straight game. The Blue Devils are one and two since his injury on February 20th. Uh, they will be playing Miami today. So for the betting the public, you, huh? the you, uh, Zion is not playing, which means really bad things for <laughs> Duke in my you know opinion. what I'm wondering what I wonder what the spread is now now was he expected to play I didn't I didn't hear him I didn't hear an expectation for him to play. no there's no expectation and you know when we get to college basketball a lot of people think he should probably just sit out and not play again because I mean he's going to be the number one pick he's going to make right. that many million does he really need to play at Duke they already have two freshmen that 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 came in this class with him that are just as good as him Right. Well, in they, fact, they said they, they in were fact, ranked, the other one. Was, they actually they were ranked higher. I'm sorry. I'm trying They're to remember, not just as good as him. They were ranked higher than him. I'm trying to remember which one. There was one of them that was was predicted all the time to be in the number one NBA. R.J. Barrett. That was the one for the number one pick. Yeah. And then and they said Zion outplayed him. Yes. And has taken over that mantle. And now he's a forward. Uh, power forward. He's power forward. I thought he was pretty tall. So he he's he's six eight two forty. I was trying to think of like who six, might nine? who what what team could really benefit the most from him. Um. You know, you come to think about the Nuggets, boy, the Nuggets, they are, I don't know what happened last night, so I apologize if it's changed. They were only, I believe, a half a game or one game behind Golden State going into Thursday or Wednesday. They ended up losing the same day that Golden State lost. Uh, they had a chance to take over that number one seed. But the, I think they're the Nuggets, half game back. I think the Nuggets have locked in the second seed, I believe. Uh, in the West. So I don't know if they're that far ahead, but that's what they were saying. Well, they're the four and a half show. ahead of OKC. And, who the Sixers just beat the other night. And they have, what, 11 games left, probably? Uh, what is it, 22? It's probably about 22. Uh, 30, 20, 50, yeah, about 22. I mean, so what's their record? Uh, right now, uh, Denver is 42 and 19, which is, a, which is their best record. Oh, good lord. So, 60, oh, sorry. so 61. <laughs> so, yeah, so that almost exactly 20 games. I don't. I didn't see walk by what you saw. Is that what you were looking at? I, there's a lot of distractions <laughs> here at Brando High Point. I'm yeah, sorry. One of, the ni- one of the nice things about living in a complex like this is that you got nice young um, talent uh, uh, to be uh, to be plus. So. <laughs> if that's what you call it, uh, that's a good term. I think that's the one we used to use a lot. Um, so anyway, we kind of got sidetracked there, but <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, just to close out baseball, because we should just move on from that. Yeah. Uh, and we will hit the fan. We'll hit the fantasy here at the last like half hour of yeah. the show. 
Gosh, we're almost an hour in already. Yeah, what? we're almost to the trivia question. Dang it, time flies when you're having fun. Um, so just real quick. Well, again, and that's, that's the thing everybody should know. When we do the show, we have a lot of fun on it, and that's why we do the show. Yeah, we do baloney a lot. So, you know, that, that's, <laughs> but that's the most, I think that's probably the most interesting stuff we talk about. Uh, just wanted a quick reference. So those of you who don't know about this, and we've talked about this on the show before, but just in case you don't know, Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid <laughs> when Bryce Harper's contract is done. Yes, he still will. Right? So a 13-year contract, Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid by the New York Mets. So Bobby Bonilla went to the Mets, and that was a disaster when he went there for like a three-year stretch. Now, he, had a, he played fine, but the team was terrible. The but there team was, all, was all absolutely this, atrocious. There was all this hoopla when he went from Pittsburgh to the Mets, and it was supposed to be their rebirth, and they signed I think I pitchers. still lived in PA when he did that. <laughs> Oh, probably. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. And it was, like, it was a huge deal, and, and it didn't pan out. And like I said, he played okay, but the team was not very good. So he left, and then he came back. When he came back, disaster when they re-signed him. And the Wilpons at that point were getting in trouble with the Bernie Madoff stuff. They had gotten involved in that pyramid scheme, and they got fleeced. Yep. And uh, couldn't, you know, I, I just laugh at them for that. But either way, the Wilpons, of course, were not taking the wins or the gains they were getting from that and in reinvesting it or saving it, they were just splurging it. And what happened was your Mets. they were completely broke and he was owed $5.9 million. And that was the buyout cost for his contract. And they wanted to get rid of him because he was doing so poorly. So they said, we don't actually have $6 million in cash we can give you. So we'd like to instead offer you uh, a, subna- a substantially larger amount, but we're going to have to pepper it out in an annuity. It ended up being $1.9 million a year from then, which was – I don't know if that was 1999 or 2001, something like that. You're, you're right around there. It goes until 2035. That's ridiculous. Yeah, because apparently – I don't even know if it was an actually like a, a specific amount of money or if it was a percentage of something. Some kind of a deal got worked out, and lo and behold, it's taking almost 40 years of one like one to $2 million payments – to pay it off. And I guess you could say in the end, you know, well, you know, I mean, a million dollars becomes less and less every year that goes by. I mean, it would still be a lot for us, but for a, for a massive, you know, rich conglomerate, I mean, the way taxes and things work these days, it probably is not that, that strenuous for them. Right. But just to think that you could have paid a guy $6 million and been done with it. And you're going to pay him like $80 million. (laughs) So being from the East Coast and being from, you know, the Poconos where uh, New York City was an hour and 45 minutes away, Philadelphia was an hour and a half minute, hour and a half away. They're called the Mets for a reason. And the Yankees <laughs> are the Yankees for a reason. So I, that's all I'm going to say about poor, that. Poor Metro's man. Mr. Mets got that smile, but you know, it's just hiding pain feeling. Oh, so. Oh, my God. I mean, like I said, the Mets are the Mets for a reason. Bobby Bonilla will be 72 the last year he gets paid. God bless Bobby Bonilla. Wow. Can we get him on a party train or something Dude, to go to the mountain? Bobby, can I just have like, can I have 60 grand to pay off? Can we Robert loan? Kraft Bobby Bonilla? Jeez, no, yeah, no kidding. I mean, my goodness, dude. 72. <laughs> So, you know, but hey, good for him and good for his agent. His yeah. agent, I mean, my goodness. Oh, he's, he's making, making all kinds of money. 10% of that for 70 years? I mean, I can't even imagine making that kind of money. Boy, you sure are distracting me. Like, you keep looking over my shoulder I here. I just, I can't help myself. No, I'm no sorry. Wonder, no wonder you picked that seat. Um, <laughs> all right. So, of course I did. Why do you think I sat you there? <laughs> so before we uh, jump over into uh, 
college basketball and then, and then fantasy. Uh, we're just going to cover NFL real quick. Yep. So you were pretty vocal this week on Facebook and Twitter about your dislike uh, or your anger towards John Elway yes. because of Nick Foles. Yes. Explain to me why. Um, John Elway gave up a draft pick and played Fluco the money that he did, and he could have got Foles at the same price as well, a free agent. But why do you feel like Foles would be a better option? Same quarterback, no draft pick. Yeah, but do you think Foles is as talented as Flacco? I think he's more talented because he's won a Super Bowl now instead of 2012. Granted. And he's from Arizona. Arizona's a passing school. And he's shown that he can make all the throws in the right offense. And I think this, uh, this, this team, the Broncos are going to put on the field, could have actually benefited from Nick Foles being on the field for at least a year. Not sure if I agree with that, and I and time yes. will tell, of course, yes. because of course. Foles is probably going to the Jaguars. Would be yes. my guess. That, that that's where he's going to go. I, I, I guarantee it'll be the Jags. I actually would love to see the Broncos pick up Bortles if he's available for a cheap price. Because I, I like tell you Bortles. what, that's a risky, risky option. Nah, just go for it, though. I mean, he already got Flacco. He's a UC, key, well, well, yeah, him but and, I mean, he's a UCF guy. Um, never really. He had big numbers, but I mean, it's playing for UCF. Well, and now he's, he's, had, he's been a Jaguar. He's had phenomenally big numbers in the NFL in different yeah, years. Yeah. He also has some bad numbers to go along with them, right? He's always got high picks. He's well, always gonna... Nick does too. I mean, if you look at Nick with uh, Jeff Fisher in St. Louis, horrible. Well, what I was going to say about Foles is that if you look at the first four games last season, yep. Flacco was drastically better. Yes. And Foles then again played well at the, at the tail end. For some reason, he didn't play good at the beginning of the season. Played well when he had to come in to, to back up Carson mm-hmm. Wentz for the second year in a row. 100% right. But, I, so the Broncos' biggest problem is the offensive line. Yeah. And the rumor is they're actually not going to sign Matt Paradis. Okay, which Lord. means they're going to have probably four new starters. And they're still going to hope that Munchak can get good production out of uh, Bowles. But if they don't... Boy, that is living on a prayer. Well, it, it, it's got to be Bowles' last shot, right? Yes. If he doesn't do it now, you're going to... I mean, because that'll you be... You have to get rid of him. Was that four years? Or is that uh, only three years? It's going to be... No, it'll be four years. I think he came out three... Or two... Well, no, actually, it might be three. Uh, he came out of Utah, I think, three years ago now. Uh, this, is, this should be his... Third. So if this is his fourth season, Maybe which fourth, it might I'm be, sure. I'm, yeah, I, I can't remember if he's played two or three years. I think he might have played three. So if this is the fourth year, that's actually the rookie contracts are for four years. So they can get rid of him without any kind of penalty yeah. at the end of the season. Um, but I, I just don't think that Foles is likely to be successful with a poor offensive line. You know, that's very true. I'm not going to lie to you. That's, I, I, that's true. I, I, Foles had a great offensive line. You probably say that about line. anybody, right? <laughs> I mean – Foles had a great offensive line. Foles had a great situation in Philly. Make no mistake about it. Hey, Stink, he was set Stink up. says that the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. Yes, and, and, and a lot of people think that. I think it. I think they do. I mean, good Lord. I, that Eagles team I'm looking at right now, I mean, if Carson's our man, I want one, receiver, one more receiver. That yeah. gets us over the hump. Yeah, I agree. You have to get somebody. Because uh, we're going to throw the ball. I mean, we've got running backs by committee which I'd love to see. Well, Bryce Harper wants Le'Veon. Oh, I know. I, I'd love to see Le'Veon back there. How could but, they afford I mean, him, I'm being, I'm being realistic. How could they afford him? I, could, I don't think they how can. How could they have cap room? I don't think they can. I'd love to see a receiver out of this draft. This draft is talented, rich of receivers. Yeah. 
Yep, I've heard a lot of a lot of high touting, uh, and actually, kind of. Well, like the Broncos have so many holes. It's like they're going to have to. I, I, yeah. Well, there's a whole other topic. We'll get we'll get into the draft yeah. when, when the draft time comes because I, I I'm as as much as I understand the desire to go after a cornerback because they really need one. I just think they got to get a they got to get a linebacker. They're just they're a little thin, and that's the worst place to be thin is middle linebacker. That you just that that's your whole run stopping and your whole tight end coverage. And and they Not haven't had. Say no. Both of those things, they've been terrible for uh, like three years now. So I, I and you know the best part, I, I love listening to Broncos football on the radio because uh, I I used like well I do other stuff obviously on Sundays, um, but I listen to the Broncos game on the radio. I love listening to you get radio. Dave, you see, get Dave Logan. Yeah, I get Dave Logan. At, I love listening on radio because there's something about doing radio. That is special. I mean, I know baseball and radio is one of the best things you could ever hear in your lifetime, but even <laughs> football and radio, you get to hear what's going on so much more than watching it on TV because you kind of tune out on TV. Right. On radio, you're glued to everything they say. It's funny. I am also of the, of the characterization that I listen better than I watch. Yes. If I've got a game on, even if I'm enjoying the game, it's not that uncommon for me to get distracted by a web page by something well, you're on my like phone the cleaning i mean I, yeah. I will i will go off in nowhere land i have three tvs in my living room <laughs> i will go off in nowhere land on there there's more than one occasion and stop paying attention to what i'm watching yeah i mean it, it's you know it, it's also part of it has not been helped by the fact that i don't watch games except for the broncos and with the broncos being so poor the last couple of years i haven't done that a ton but has been watching um the red zone channel, which doesn't let you, doesn't really get you into a game. That's my problem. I watch the red zone channel so much. It's just easier to, cause I want to be interested in what's going on and the scoring. And I, I just, just, just want to know, game. I just want to know what's going on in fantasy. And when you got three or four fantasy teams, if you could just have, if you're watching a channel that just does scores, you'll just pick up anytime you've got a play, uh, one of your good players is doing well, you'll pick up on it. Yep. You know, Hey, it's top of the hour. Let's do some ah, trivia. All right. So you want to go ahead and reread the, reread the question. Uh, I will as soon as I pull back the notes. Okay, so uh, what is the largest margin of victory in NC2A championship history? Uh, that is basketball history, the championship game, largest margin of victory. So oh. you not being a basketball fan, where was your oh, first? I'm a basketball. basketball. I love college basketball. Well, no, no, I, no, no. I know you're basketball. Time to watch it. Where was your first thought on this when you actually wrote the question? I'm, I had no clue. I had no clue at all. I I, I I was thinking that I was assuming it was going to be one of the Duke Leitner teams because they had been pretty dominant. Well, you're really damn close, except you got the wrong team. <laughs> well, it couldn't make me happier than to know that Duke was the losing side of that game. I mean, that, that's wonderful. Trust me, you have I, no idea how happy I was on this one. I wonder if that's the first time Duke was in the title game. Oh, no, 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 no. They've been in no? before that. Okay. Yeah. When did Krzyzewski take over that team? Because he came from Army from with Bob Knight, right? And then he yeah, um, he, he left Bob Knight, went to the Army, and then this would have been I his think. probably fifth season, I think. And they've been in the title game before that. I think so. I'm pretty was, sure they was were. Was Tobacco Road a big time rivalry before Shishetsky got there? Oh, it's been that for years. It has been. That, okay, that's so, the biggest in sports history. Mm-hmm. The biggest rivalry is Duke North Carolina in basketball. That is the really? biggest rivalry ever because wow. it's seven miles away, campus to campus. And oh, it's the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils. I mean, so, that is that and, is and, and Tar Heels have been a great team forever. I mean, yes. my God, I mean, Jordan was there. You Dean know, Smith. Yeah. Jordan. Come on. I mean, 
UCLA, obviously, and San Francisco were the good teams well, way well, yeah. back. Oh, yeah. That was Wilt Chamberlain and, and Kareem years, you know. Yeah. Um, who else was on? Who played for UCLA besides – I think it Kareem was – or was that, well, was that uh, after then? Luke Walton. Or he was Luke or, Alcindor or Walton then. played there. And... Oh, Walton. Yeah, he was an amazing college player, but then he, he, he was. just couldn't stay healthy in the NBA to save his life. No, he, he couldn't. He was a deadhead. I mean, you look at all a the tie dyes. He's a deadhead. Oh, he was on well, acid all the time? Oh, Walton's a deadhead. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude, he's been to so many Grateful Dead concerts. I mean, he's been to more Grateful Dead concerts than I have been. You know, we have somebody at work who's a huge deadhead, and she's old. You know, I mean, I should, well, I don't I say old. I say like she's approaching. Like I was saying, you might get slapped on that one. Right. Well, it's because I'm I'm not that far away, but late fifties I think is her age. And uh, boy, man, she she can't she can't pick up anything, and she just just the most minimal stuff, like just. Sometimes you're like, I have like nine deadlines I have to meet by tomorrow, and you have one little thing you have to do, and you're starting to cry. And it's like, I understand that she's, you know, I mean, she's kind of at that age, and I think that she's uh, kind of a recently hit that womanly change, which I don't envy. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that because I don't want to get in trouble. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I know that that can cause some emotional swings, but holy cow! So, but I always wonder if the deadhead is is part of the is part of the reason. It's like there's just too many chemicals. Kicking around Dude, the there's so many chemicals. It's it's unreal. Too many goo goo balls, you know. So anyway, um, so uh, oh, we didn't answer the question though. Um, it's my UNLV running rebels, which uh, there was a blonde cheerleader on the dance squad that I was in love with uh, that year. Uh, uh, curly hair, blonde <laughs> girl, total Vegas girl. I loved her. UNLV run rebels 1990. They destroyed Duke at McNichols Arena in Denver by 30. Oh, well, I, I look forward to the next time Duke loses by 30. I that love seeing beautiful. Duke lose by 30 any time of the year. So that was the Tarkanian year? Yep. Shark. Is that the only year they won? They actually lost to Duke the next year. Duke beat him in Indianapolis. Oh, they played back-to-back seasons. Yep. And was Leitner on that team? That was too, that was too early for Leitner, isn't it? Nope, that's Leitner. Leitner was 90? Leitner beat them in, in Indy okay. um, in the Dome, the old RCA Dome. Uh, they beat them the next year, and then right after that, they went into the tailspin with the uh, alligator, the yes. cheating, and the yep. or the recruiting yep. scandal and everything. So. Exactly. Anyway, so if so. anybody wants to know, um, if you want to watch on TV right now, we got Kansas, who is on a tailspin versus o- Oklahoma State. Just uh, that's on CBS right now. Uh, if you want to watch a little college basketball while you're listening to the show, and uh, wow, it's already five after. I oh, know. We're just cruising right along. We really are. So. We wanted to hit um, football and, 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 and finish that up. Uh, not that this is a shock to anyone. Johnny Manziel released from his CFL team, and he is not eligible to be picked up by any other squad. Nope. He's going to be in a, uh, the AAL is what it's called, I guess. Why, he's going to get picked why up would by anybody, somebody. Why would you even try him? Why wouldn't you? Because he's just going to be a headache? I'll take and, the headache. But I mean, what happens? Are you going to win? He doesn't win anywhere, though. I mean, he <laughs> lost with the Browns. He didn't do anything for them, and didn't show the difference when you know. Well, the Browns were the Browns then. They're not the well, Browns they were still now. The, still the Browns. I mean, it was just but still. Just, they're not proven at all. <laughs> and then he went to the CFL. They didn't do any good with him. Uh, so the CFL. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying this guy's not a winner. When's the last time you watched a CFL game? I've never watched a CFL exactly. game because they have too many people on the field and it's too long, <laughs> but or wide or whatever it is. Uh, although I I do think the NFL would be fun if they made the field wider, but uh, probably with a I can see that with a talent level it probably would be a bad thing because defense would just have 
it's already so hard for defense. Well, I mean, they took away all the defense's options of actually playing defense. I mean, right. that's yeah. what the NFL did. They wanted to make it an offensive league, and that, that's exactly what they did. Yep. If you want to play defense in the NFL, I don't know who you are because I would never do it. Right. It's just brutal. It just goes to show you how amazing it is that uh, bait or football hated fantasy football. The NFL hated fantasy football for the first so many years because they felt like it was a detriment and it was making people like players and not teams. And they didn't like that. They wanted team love. Boy, when they found out how much money could be made from getting people sucked into watching red zone channels and things like that. Now they couldn't love fantasy football. Oh, they more. love fantasy football. And it just goes to show you that people who don't embrace new things fail and people who do embrace new things succeed. And NFL, you know, that's why the, all the hatred for Goodell is just stupid. If you don't realize how amazing Goodell has been for that league, I don't care that he's inconsistent about his, you know, his penalties or whatnot. His job is to run the business and as a business couldn't have done better. So uh, Jets are saying they'd like to trade that number three pick since they traded up to get Donald last year. And they're they set now uh, they'd like to trade that away. And I think also because they want to get Le'Veon. I think they want to save money and get draft picks for the next two years and get some offensive line help for him. Wouldn't you do it? Yes. If I was them, if you've got your quarterback, I would always trade down out of the, out of the top five unless – but uh, I, I can't say that, though. I mean, you look at Quentin Richardson, a, a game-changing lineman. I mean, imagine the Broncos had taken him. I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with Bradley Chubb. Don't get me wrong. That guy had a nice year, and he looks like he's going to be a stud. But, boy, that Quentin Richardson changed Indy from a line that let Andrew Luck get hurt time after time to being an anchor who could take on two guys coming up the middle. I mean, that's amazing. This guy used to take on he – was, he was getting double-teamed by the defense. That never happens. Not on a lineman, not an offensive lineman anyway. So, you know, that, that can make a big difference. Saquon Barkley, that dude was amazing. Dude, he looks like, I mean, he, he looks, like, looks like he's better than Ezekiel Elliott, and he has half the talent around him. And he looks oh, better he, than Ezekiel. He has no talent around him, actually. Yeah, no <laughs> line, no quarterback. I, I, well, yeah, you bring up Saquon. I mean, I'm a Penn State fan. I'm a Penn Stater for life. Sure. And uh, I've watched Saquon play in person. The man is a freak of nature. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. I, I still think the Browns made a big boo-boo by not getting him. But you know what? They, uh, I, I don't know how good that corner has been. I know he, I think he played okay. Um, oh, the corners, uh, he might he have played fine. really well. I, I know yeah. he had a couple of picks early on. Uh, and obviously, Mayfield has played well. And well, the they, Browns are the Browns, and the Browns are going to do what the Browns do. And Mayfield was their pick. And you know what? They're going to live with it. And well, I think they're going to – I think they make the playoffs this year. And if you take, you know, you, they got Chubbs late. I mean, uh, Nick Chubb is the running back. Yes. Um, boy, I, you could argue they made the right call by not taking Saquon because they got probably they the got second a quality best, back. Yeah, That's they the got second, the second best quarterback, second best running back in the draft. Yeah, and they got him in the second round, and they've also picked up those other two players, and they look great. So you know, it's it's hard to say, but if I was the Jets, and I feel like. I feel like their defensive line is good. I feel like their offensive line is not bad. I feel like they are desperately in need of receivers. They they need receivers like there's no tomorrow. Now, and if you, you look at the Broncos draft, game, right? Yeah. If you look at the Broncos game last year, good lord, I mean, uh, they did anything they wanted to the Broncos. Right. I don't want to really blame. I'm sorry, out. Vance Joseph. I I, I seem like a nice guy. Seem like a good person. I hope he gets another shot. And I hope he does better. But he was not. I mean, that Broncos were never 
ever prepared. No. Never, never prepared. Never. Never. And it, like, like beyond belief, un, not repa- prepared. And some people were like, you know, oh, it's Elway's fault for this and for this and for this. And it's like, I'm sorry. But that Some doesn't have anything to do coach. with – yeah, there was, there was no what, – what, what were the Broncos last year? I mean, look, look at the Jets game. What was their game plan? Yeah. None. The Jets, the Jets game is a perfect example. They I got mean, throttled. They got throttled in that game. And, I mean, how, how many yards did the Jets running backs have? And, I mean – Isaiah Crowell had his only good <laughs> season, game of the season. Exactly. It was against the Broncos, 216 yards. And I just – yeah, let's just forget about it. Let's He's forget terrible. about that. Uh, last thing for the NFL, we'll move on is Jason Witten is leaving the booth. No idea why. To be a tight end again. Well, so, so, so here's – well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Here's my reasoning. So the Eagles get to kick the crap out of some old man twice a year now. Well, the, I think the Cowboys need a tight end. <laughs> well, there they need aren't one. that many good ones out there. <laughs> there we there, saw that in aren't. fantasy this year. They were terrible. No, there, there, was, there's I mean, not a like, lot of good tight ends out there. Bronk and Kelsey, and that was about it. Yeah. Um, I'm, well, that's probably another one. But that was, uh, well, not good. well, I had um, uh, Ebr- oh, was it Ebron? Ebron? Ebron. From Ebron. the Colts. He was Colts. good. He was good at spurts. Right. He was, and then I had the – I, 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 I cooked from, from the Raiders. Now, he was, was good. good in spurts. Yeah. Now, the, the problem if was – you started him at the right time. <laughs> you never knew when to start either one because See, one that, would have a good game, one would have a bad game. Once you have that problem, you got to put him at tight end and one at flex. But then, exactly. But then you're hampering your flex play. Yep. So, um, but anyway, uh, I, I don't remember him being that bad on Monday Night Football, but a number of people were saying he was horrible. On Monday Night Football, um, he was never horrible. The problem is Tony Romo out outshadowed him or outshowed him mm-hmm. in the broadcast booth on CBS. Witten yeah. talked a lot. He knows his football. Make no mistake about it. Romo and w- I have mad respect for both those guys, even though they're Cowboys. <laughs> um, and I hate the Cowboys, <laughs> but those guys know their football so much. When you hear Tony Romo, there's one point in the game, Tony Romo was calling the plays, I think, in the playoffs. I remember that. Yeah, it was, it, it was very ridiculous. Close. He nailed it. He nailed it. And Witten's the same way. Witten knows everything about offensive and defensive football. All the he knows, sure. He's so smart. It's ridiculous. If he goes back for a year, God bless him. Well, you know what? I hope he does well. Listening- but like I said. It's an old man. The guys in in, in, oh, in yeah. Philly get to hit twice a year. But hey, he got to have his year off and get you know healthy and everything, so it might be fine. Um, I, I think with Romo, uh, I, I do have to say that I have a ton more respect for Romo. Not that I didn't respect him as a player, but I just didn't think he was that good of a player. I didn't want him to come to – when they were talking about bringing him to the Broncos, I didn't want him. Oh, I, still, yeah. I still don't think he's a great quarterback because I don't think he's that talented. But he, but he does show why people liked him so much. He's very personable. He's very knowledgeable. And, exactly. And he doesn't like – he's just – he's very descriptive but without being boring. Yes. Like he's, he's, he's qualitatively descriptive. And He knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. And he shows it. Absolutely. So – but uh, I still don't think he would have been a good player here. No, so. no, 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 no. He would never have been a good player. He's not so, a good player. He's a great commentator. Yeah. So jumping on to NCAA basketball, which we can get if we can get through this in the, less than a half an hour, which will be <laughs> tricky. Um, so here's what I learned last night, okay, and just tell me this. how close I am. Uh, go for it. So number one team in the country is Gonzaga, and they shouldn't be. Um, the reason they should not be the number one team is they beat Duke. That's it. Nothing else impressive that I saw. Now you're granted, right. Sometimes people that were ranked and they beat ranked teams, and now they're no longer ranked. 
And so it makes it look like an easier schedule. But, hey, that matters. It, it certainly matters in college football. If you played five ranked teams and by the end of the year only one of them is still ranked, your schedule is not that impressive anymore, right, because you didn't play – because they weren't as good as they thought they were. And with Gonzaga, that's all I saw. They beat Duke. Everything else, weak teams. And they just rolled. So and I, they beat Duke very early. Yeah, which was very impressive, though, because that's back when Duke had the four freshmen that were outscoring people. Like, they were playing, like, half of the game and three outscoring, freshmen. you know. It's only three? Yeah. Oh, was, it, was the four not Duke? I thought it was uh, – huh. No, the, well, they might have four, but it's, it's a three uh, top players in, in, in all the recruits. That's I got gotcha. you. Okay. There might be four. I mean, but the fourth one wasn't. I, the, I think they were just the talking about cards. back then. It was how many points those four yeah. were scoring, and they were scoring more than all like the five starters from any other team. Yeah. Like no, no, no. You're right. So um, totally could be wrong. I just that's what I remember people talking about. Um, and then when I I was actually in California for Thanksgiving, I believe it was when when yeah. Zaga beat them, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was impressive. But that was yeah, it. I think it was in Hawaii when they beat them that the uh, Maui Ooh. Invitational. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. It's, it's one of those it's one of those early games in the season what we have now, which I personally don't like in basketball because but this, but this happened after like the NIT and stuff, right? What's that? This is like after the NIT? Oh no no, this is bef- I mean the NIT is 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 the counterpart to uh the NC to, to a tournament. I thought they had an NIT in the beginning and at the end. No. No no no. You have your preseason well not preseason, but you have your well, I thought they had the opening with the was the NIT Invitational, and then they had the, no. They have all kinds of tournaments around the country for opening day, is what they do. So okay. the Maui Invitational is one of the bigger ones because you have Duke and Gonzaga there. Sure. Now Gonzaga gets by on their reputation of beating teams in the past five years. That's why you see Gonzaga at number one. And they've always been a great Cinderella pick, and the, they are. And, and they finally have uh, blossomed all the way into no longer being a Cinderella, but being an expect, expected good team, right? Yeah. But that, that's, that's just what was my impression from what I was reading and looking at, at the stats last night. Second thing was Virginia should be number one, and they should have all of the first-place votes. In fact, when I saw the other teams that got first-place votes, I was like, you know, the only other team that I could possibly give a first-place vote to would have been, um, for me, would have been North Carolina. Okay, so here's your problem with that statement. Duke just beat them. When? Uh, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, but that was, but yeah, but but Gonzaga or but, but Virginia has crushed almost every other ranked team they've played. Virginia plays great defense, can't score enough points to beat someone when they can't play defense. Well, okay, but they still only lost to Duke, and I don't know if they have they have one other loss. I can't remember who the other yeah, loss. Yeah, I think is it's two or three losses. Oh, I think. It, wait a minute, it might both. Are they both to Duke? Um, hold on, I'm gonna find this. One I out think they're I both really to Duke, know. but. What I looked at was that they have beaten a slew of ranked teams this year, and that to me is more impressive than anything, and that, that's why I think they should be well, in question number one. Well, that's, that's the biggest problem in college basketball right now, because you're right. Virginia probably should be number one, and North Carolina beating Duke should almost be number one, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with North Carolina being four. I just, but looking at their record, it was like, if, if there's anyone else you could make an argument for has shown they can step up to the big boys. And, you know, I mean, who, who should be the number one team? Number one team should be the team that beats who they should and challenges those who should challenge them. You have to remember, though, two years ago, Virginia, number one seed, got beat by 16. Only team in history. Uh, yeah, but that 
you can't punish this year's team for these teams. You be surprised how much, dude. You be you be surprised how much punishment there there goes from that. That's so unfair because half these players half these players are one and done, and you know they're not the same team as it was two years ago. It's like it's like in college football saying that one team four years later is the same team. It's like no, none of these guys were even on the team four years ago. So that that but so that was just my opinion on them. And then number three is uh, don't tell me. Um, is, um, it's not Kentucky, is it? It is Kentucky. Okay. So what was it about Kentucky I didn't like? There was a reason I thought North Carolina should be above Kentucky. Uh, I don't know if I can remember what that was. But anyway, that was kind of the big takeaway that I had after last night. Was it number one should be Virginia. Number two to me should be North Carolina. And then it should be Gonzaga and then Kentucky. That would just be my top four, my personal ranking. How about you? Where would you rank all four of those? Um. Or what, what's your top four? My top four is, is one, it's going to be Duke just because of uh, the fact that Zion is or is not there. They still have a great team. Number two, I, I would take Kentucky because um, right now they're playing the best basketball in the country, I think. Um, and they have a they huge, started off really, really slow. They have a though. huge rematch coming up with, with Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. So the that's gonna, I think that's big. just one at Super Wednesday. And then I, Vols just won a huge game. They Wednesday, did, but wasn't it? they they did just lose to Kentucky about ten days ago. Okay, and then was that half court shot that was called charging? Yep, um, and and that's what jumped them out of the number one spot. Now I think okay. at five they're too low. I would yes. go Duke, yes. Kentucky, Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, Duke, Kentucky, Virginia, Tennessee. That's what I would do. Wow, so you really would you'd really twist it up a little bit. I I, I would. So say it again. Uh, Duke, Kentucky, Virginia, Tennessee. Wow, that's well. You're really you're really jostling things. You know what? The then whole, North Carolina. I'm sorry, that's five. Zion is the big thing, right? If he, he if he ends up playing, then Duke's a different team. If he's not there, then Duke's obviously drastically weaker. They're is weaker, any, but they're not weak. No, no, no. But but I mean, you're taking away your the number one player in the country. You know, that's a big deal. So if what. Have they given any odds on that in terms of if he's going to play? I mean, he's not going to play in the next coming game, um, which is today, right? Yeah. The final game. Yeah. Is he, are they hopeful he's going to play in the, in the conference championship, or has there really not been a prediction yet? I have not heard anything out of, um, out of Durham. Um, quite frankly, okay. I, I keep my ears peeled to ESPN all day long, um, and I have not heard anything about it. They, they just say he's going to be a game-time decision right now, okay. and that's been for the last three games. <laughs> it's a sprained knee. It's not really a hurt knee. He just kind of twisted it when that sole blew out. Right. And right. I heard that kid got got fired in China. Yeah, that's that's four dollars an hour. He's not or four dollars a week. He's not making anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I mean that's a terrible thing to have happen, and and especially because when it happened, it had Duke rolled over North Carolina, that changes the scope of everything. Oh, because it's North Carolina looks less less. And I'm guessing you, know, you didn't watch that game. I, I did not see that game. I actually didn't have that game on. A I was yet. amped up for that game. I was, I had the TVs gone. I had, was ready to go. I had a pizza. I had everything there. And it was and done. All of a sudden, 36 seconds in, yeah. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I couldn't believe what I saw. Yeah. That I, just, I, it, that changed everything. Happen. Changed everything. Um, so, you know, and, and I was looking at some of the, uh, well, I mean, it's so weird because, you know, they have their rankings and they have their live, uh, you know, bracket bracketology going yeah. at ESPN uh, and other sites, of course. 
uh, where they're just kind of going over what they think is going to happen in terms of, of who's going to get what place. And it really doesn't, it doesn't make any sense right now because, like you said, with the conference championships coming up, you get that team that, that was a, a, was a sixth seed in the conference, and they go on to get into the championship game, and all of a sudden they've, over, they've leaped over somebody in the bubble. Well, Butler did, did that a couple years ago. I mean, all of a sudden they went they to won, the title game. Right? Yeah, they went to the title game and they lost to Duke. Yeah, so, uh, boy, it would have been they, – yeah, they did a really good shot to beat Duke, didn't they? They did. They, they, mean, they played a great game. I remember sh- that title game. That was a good one. Did the Shockers make it to a, a title game too, Wichita State? Uh, they came close. I they didn't, didn't quite make they it. They didn't okay. quite make it. But they had that shock of somebody for the Here coach, comes right? my sleeper for you. Okay. Murray State. Ah. J.A. Dumont. And they Team are. Team highlight reel. They are playing in which conference championship? Uh, I have no idea, but I just know they're going <laughs> to they're gonna make the bracket. Um, I mean, they're just. That kid, that J.A. Dumont, is so good. Yeah. I mean, if Zion wasn't Zion, he might go for, number one. Wow. That's well, how good I mean, you know what? If you're a good ISO player, that's huge in the NBA. Much more than so in college. He's right? got so. a highlight reel of dunks that's unreal right now <laughs> in college. And, uh, boy, look at that. IU's losing to Michigan State already. Man, IU had such a nice start to the year, and they just have crumbled. They have. I mean, that's kind of Indiana's MO for the last two, three years. Yeah, it is. I mean, well, most of the time with Crean, they kind of have that problem. So, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happened to IU. I think maybe – the mystique of Bobby Knight has washed off and well, of course. And I mean, obviously, I mean, Mike Davis took him to that title game where they lost against whatever, but they beat Duke in the tournament. And, you know, the Korean at one time they went uh, a few rounds, elite eight, I think, but they just, their classes are never as good as they're predicted to be. And I wonder if part of it is, I, and I know the campus in Bloomington is gorgeous, but oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Is Indiana a place that people want to go? I mean, unless you unless you grow up in that state or around that state and have been, you know, subject to all the mystique, I mean, you're talking about a place that's 100 degrees with 100% humidity in the summer and a place that's four degrees with, you know, massive snow drifts in the winter. I'm, it's hard to. I'll put it this way for you. I've driven from PA to Colorado now, Denver, a couple times. Ugh, when I hit Indiana, time. when I hit Indiana, it's a toll road. I hit the gas pedal and not stop. <laughs> I am not stopping in that state. So that's that's the story of Indiana. You know, and I mean, I, I, I've never been to Indianapolis. I've never been to Indiana. Now, I, Indianapolis, I on the other hand, speak. I've never been there. I heard it's really cool. And my, my stepdad, went, that, that's why I'm an IU fan. He went to Indiana University for yeah. his, I, I think he went there for his doctorate. But, um, you know, I mean, and I know it's a, like I said, it's a gorgeous campus. It's very highly touted for education and stuff like that. But I, it just, that's not enough to get me to want to live somewhere. So... I got a story here, and I'm not going to say what the players' names are, but um, the Iron Pigs, when they would play Indianapolis or Indy in the in AAA ball, um, they would tell stories about if you can get a betting line against them, they stay out till 5 in the morning when they go there because the bar is closed at 4. So they're like, don't ever test on an early game oh, in Indy. Okay, so that is a place, a way to get people there. <laughs> they're like, don't ever bet on us. It probably doesn't help. Indiana recruiting though because you don't want your players being out until 4 a.m. because that's going to hurt you uh, and also you're not old enough to drink technically right yeah. so <laughs> but they don't close their bars till four yeah they said they stay out till five six in the morning every single night there they go to Indy I wonder why that so why is it 2 a.m. in most places I think that's just kind of the standard when you cut people off I don't know 
I get the only thing I could ever, I always wondered, I always thought it would be because of public transportation, but then I found out quickly that the buses don't go, they stop at midnight. So you can't, I mean, it used to, it used to drive me nuts at Boulder that you couldn't get a bus. You couldn't, the skip wasn't there at one o'clock or two o'clock when the bus, when the bar let out, right? You're talking to a man on Halloween that commandeered a street sweeper to drive up route 36 (laughs) to the Louisville exit to take me home (laughs) along with two other people. Wow, that's I a nice commandeered street a street sweeper. What commandeered or you or you or you or you or you latched on? Because you uh, don't drive it, did you? I, I paid the guy an awful oh, lot of money. I, I tell All you right. what, the cab the cab ride was gonna <laughs> waiting was like two and a half hours. I, I looked at the oh, street sweeper. And said, Homeboy, how do you like make a hondo? Now, of course, now with Uber and Lyft, you probably probably wouldn't be so bad. I mean, it would be no. expensive, but I'll bet you you could get a ride. Uh, I sure do love Uber. commandeered. A street I took uh, I took Uber home from uh, from the airport for my last business trip, and I, I think it yeah. was uh, fifty six bucks. I think you know what I got lucky the last time I uh, I just came home from PA back in my parents' fiftieth back in October, and uh, I, I took an Uber from the airport because he was sitting right outside the door, nice. and it was yeah. thirty four dollars. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's there's no problem getting your ride. They're, they'll be there quick. To the airport was sixty five, so I took a I took an Uber downtown to Union Station. And I took the train. See, I I usually prefer to take the bus because it's about thirteen bucks, yeah. and it's not a bad price. Or actually, it's not. I think it's ten dollars now. Yeah, the train's um, nine. But because it, it used to be because when it was nine, then it was thirteen, then went back to nine, then I think now it's up to ten. But either way, it's, it's, and they've got it worked out pretty well. It's got that, they got that nice spot for the buses right next to the security gate now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can just take that little escalator down and you're, and you're there. Yep. Uh, it's a nice little system. They've got more buses than they used to. So it, you don't usually have to wait as long. And they also have f- overflow buses on the busy days. So you don't have that problem where you're doing study, standing room only kind of thing, which was always annoying. But what, what has changed is now you have to pay for parking. And that takes away most of the benefit. The it benefit does. was, okay, I'm paying this much for my travel. That's, that's a huge savings for me. Now you park there, it's two ninety nine a day. You know, so it's like, well, if you go for five or six days, you're like, well, okay, I'm starting to get to the point now where it would be cheaper just to drive to the airport and park at the parking there. Exactly. But then you're not quite there, right? Because parking at the airport but is you still have crazy, shuttle. you know, right? which is also – I mean, our, our airport is so massive, it's ridiculous. It's, it's almost its own little city. It is. Now, I go in Stapleton a lot, and the tower still stands there. Uh-huh. To realize what they built on the old Stapleton grounds is absolutely ridiculous. It's almost like out of a movie, all the little neighborhoods they put together. Right. I mean, it, it literally, you'd think you were in Never Never Land. Well, I mean, and DIA works so well because of the way they've got it, like you said, it's so sprawling. So they've got, like, they've, and everything is segmented. You know, you've got all the airlines have their, like, the international you know, terminal. Yeah. There's the United Terminal, and there's the Southwest well, Terminal. And then they've also got the whole side thing for FedEx and for UPS, and it does work great. I just wish it wasn't in fucking Kansas. I wish it was. That's pretty much what it is. They should have put Kansas. it in the Thornton area. You know, it so, should have been there. The, the people that built DIA really thought ahead and not behind because mm-hmm. a lot of people only plan for the short term and not the long term. DIA planned for the sure. long term, and now we're building everything out there. Yep. Including the next Bronco Stadium is going to be out. Oh, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. That's uh, a secret. It, uh, the next Bronco Stadium is going to be out there. Which that's annoying as can be. But but if they can get light rail here going out there, then it won't be so bad. But you know, it's a it's a good it's a good idea. I think you're right. I think they're going to keep building that way, and it's going to be the cheapest area to build into. Uh, and it's, it's the most affordable. I mean, you can get a you can get like a two bedroom townhouse for three twenty. Yep. No, oh, you can get. 
and, and, and they're brand nice, new. They're brand new. Nice they're not. They're not there. old. It's not. You know. They're completely brand yeah. new and everything. Downside is, of course, if you want to go to downtown Denver, you're looking at a 20 minute ride. Exactly. Just to get to downtown, let alone if you want to go something on the other side of town, and you're looking at like a 45 minute drive. And with the way, with the zero tolerance for drinking, right? If you get drinking, if you're pulled over and you have even 0.1 blood alcohol, you're going to don't, get charged. Yeah, you, you don't want to do it. Yeah, Trust you, me. You don't. I drink learned at my all. lesson the hard way. I yeah. will never drink and drive ever again in my lifetime. Because now you get DWI or DWAI. Yeah. And, you know, it's just. And it's that's fine. the last one I got. What they need to do, they just need to say you can't drink, period. That, it, that's it, what it is. Because that's because what, that's if you technically go to a bar and have two beers, you're yep. over the line. Yep. Yep. Better wait. Better wait two hours. Yes. Before you leave. That so. that's the biggest problem. And my, my friend actually brought a breathalyzer <laughs> that I have in my room. He actually bought one, and we were out at the tavern over here on DTC, and he he took the breathalyzer. He's like, "Oh my god, I'm a point one. I can't believe it. I've only been here a half hour." And you, you don't feel point one. No. In, in my body weight, you don't feel it. No. But uh, yeah, I, I do want to get one of those one day to, to, to put in my car so I can test bucks. myself. Fifty bucks, man. That's it's worth it, right? I mean, oh yeah. Why not say like, uh, I better wait another twenty minutes before I leave. I mean, hey, it's worth not. It's it's, it's a lot cheaper than the seventeen thousand dollars you're going to spend. Exactly. At the you try paying that off. Oh, dude. I had to learn the hard way. I learned it. No license for a year. <laughs> uh, classes and you know, it's like when I was in, when I was a freshman in uh, Chico State, I got caught. It was so I was such. I mean, I was just bad luck. I was in a dude's room. They they popped open a whole bunch of Coors lights. And I'm like, you want one? And I was like, oh, sure, why not? And I've forgotten something in my room. And instead of putting the stupid beer on the desk, going to my room, which was just like four down, the, four doors down the hall, grabbing what I was looking in my room, and then coming back, I of course kept my hand, just kept, left it in my hand, opened out, walked out the door, and literally walked chest to chest into the RA. And he goes, <laughs> Mark, really? You? I didn't expect you to do this. And I was like, dude, it's just one. I don't I hardly drink. And it's a course. Yeah. And he knew I didn't drink. I was not, a, I've never been a big drinker, but he was like, well, I, I don't have a choice, man. I have to write you up for it. And then I had to go to a class. Oh. And I remember sitting in that class and I went, um, I don't actually even like alcohol that much. I said, I wasn't drunk at all when I was caught with a single beer. And like they like they threatened to kick me out and not give me credit for the class because they were being insubordinate. And I'm like, I'm just saying this whole class you've been telling us how to recognize the signs of being an alcoholic. I've had like nine beers since I started school. You know, it's like most of these people in this hall have had twelve beers today, you know, but they don't it care. doesn't matter. No, they don't they don't care. Plus they got paid, you know, exactly. for every first student that was there. Um rumor is Yale's gonna make the tournament again. Is this good for ba- college basketball? Of course. Anytime Harvard or Yale makes a tournament, it's a great thing for basketball. Just get Ivy Leagues in there? Yeah, you got to get the Ivies in there. I mean, Lehigh won their conference, and they, they were – I mean, they lost to Kansas the one time. But they, they, actually helped, they actually played Kansas really well as a 16 seed the one time. So, I mean, Lehigh does it all the time. Yeah, no, it's, I, mean, I don't have anything against it. I just um, – it, it, it's fun to see teams like that win. Uh, right now they got the matchup against uh, – uh, Nevada, which would probably be a slaughter, but who knows? Nevada's um, really good. Louisville's actually doing better than I would have thought they were doing since they lost uh, uh, Patino. But the number two seeds they've got ranked right now is North Carolina, Michigan State, Michigan, and Tennessee. That's a that's a nice set of number twos right there, especially considering how many times in the last few years a fifteen and a two have been a, a tight matchup. Yes. Now uh, the, the mo on Michigan played really good at the start kind of playing okay basketball right now 
And they're both going to be in the same tournament, them and Michigan State, right? So yes. there's a chance of one of them knocking the other one out early. Yeah, they got to play in the Big, big, big Ten. So. They, 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 they need to be the two teams in the championship there to keep their spot. Don't you think? They should be. Um, now, Penn State has just knocked one of them off. Actually, they just knocked Indiana off the other day. It's going to be an interesting uh, Big Ten tournament. You know, this year. So, because you got Michigan, the Michigan State. Always, I mean, I mean, I mean, Purdue's in there. You, it, it's going to be a good tournament. How good is Purdue this year? Purdue, I mean, they don't. Do they still have uh, what's his name? Um, the, the the guy with the terrible hair. Um, not a hundred percent sure. I know uh, who you're talking about because it's really bad. Oh, he's got that big flat face. It looks like he could be like a Star Wars villain. Looks like um, he got punched in the face Kate, by a mule. Katie, 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 something like that. Katie, I think it might be Katie. Katie, Katie, Katie. Uh, why isn't anybody texting me the answer? Gosh darn it! Um, I, I would say somebody could call in, but I haven't been looking at that page. So if anybody called in, I probably missed it. Uh, so apologize if somebody did call in. I don't even know if we've given out our number yet. So uh, let's I see. just gave it out online. And let's see the number threes. So Purdue's a three. Kansas is a three. Uh, Kansas kind of fell off from where they started. Houston's a number three. That's impressive. Well, Kansas is playing really bad basketball. I know they're on the TV right now, but um, yeah. Kansas kind of fallen by the wayside. This is this is considered to be one of the worst years in Kansas history. But they are they are on an upswing according to this anyway. So uh, you know they can always finish strong if they have a good tournament. I will tell you with Houston, man. There's this one gal on Instagram I follow, and I. I can't remember how you say her last name, so I can't like really point people to people to her. But she went from a Houston College cheerleader to a Houston Rockets cheerleader, and she's oh now I need to know who she is. And she's in grad school to be a lawyer. And she's, am I in love, dude? She's <laughs> if you like little tiny Filipina girls. Oh, not, see, well, I'm sorry, she's all about like you. That. I mean, she's I mean, she's not underage. She's she's twenty two yeah. or whatever now. Um, but she's just a tiny little you thing, and the Asian queen. And she is just unbelievably cute i mean just adorable i thought she was hispanic when i first saw her but you know sometimes it can kind of go either way either way but she's just got she's just perfectly gorgeous and smart as you know smart as a whip and unbelievably talented with the cheerleading thing she's just like she's lauded everywhere and she's becoming a model and stuff so it's like some people you just look at those lives and you're like how nice would life have been to be born gorgeous i just you know and, and <laughs> that's maybe, a loaded question maybe more for maybe more so for women than for guys but I, it's unbelievable how many of these pretty girls you see, and and huh? oh, my phone just told me the GPS signal was lost. Oh, I, I was like, what did I guess? I'm not there? getting home. I don't even know why. Why in the world it was even? Why it was you're not getting back to, to me? Yeah, I thought, well, oh, the dogs are gonna be on, on their own. I, it's so weird. I swear, how many times I think you, cho- you close maps and it, it's still open. I don't wonder <laughs> my battery's getting sucked out. But uh, anyway, I just it. There are so many women that I've seen. They open a Patreon account, and Patreon is where you can do if you're an artist, if you're a writer. Say that one more time. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-A-O-N or E-O-N or something like that. Uh, Patreon, and it's uh, it's like a website where you put whatever it is you do, and people can pay you for it. And you can ask for you ask for donations. You're like, oh, pay this level, you get this stuff. Like if I ever get to the point where my stories that I or my stuff that I publish, you know, is is lauded enough or wanted right. enough, I would do a Patreon account. And then say, pay this much, you can get these stories. Pay this much, you can get these. Pay this much, you can get everything. Well, a, a lot of what these girls do, especially the ones that either do like cosplay outfits for the Comic-Con oh. or who do other things like that, they don't even have to do nude. They can just do like skimpy outfits or uh, somewhat revealing outfits. And these attractive women, it's like, here, $20 a month, you get this stuff, you know, 
fifty dollars a month you get this stuff or a hundred dollars a month, you know, I'll send you stuff where it's like almost nude or whatever, you know. Right. And you know, I mean, sure you could say that they're somewhat selling themselves or whatever kind of, you know, derogatory things some people are out, obviously going to say. But dude, this girl was talking about how she was so proud that she just bought her parents a house. She's twenty two years old and she bought them a house in cash because she has like something like 600,000 subscribers that are giving her a hundred bucks a month to see her pictures. And they've gotten yeah. so good. They've also got these, these programs now that they can pay these services that can go out of their way to find any of their stuff online. That's not authorized. Like people trying to post their stuff and get it removed. And they've gotten really good at that. So now you don't have to worry about like if you release certain videos and photos and stuff like that, and then people try and post them on Pornhub or somewhere else to, for people to see, they can get them yanked off really quick now. And so, you know what? More power to people like that. I mean, if you can America. make money, go make money. Yeah, people. Yeah, isn't it funny how? If there's one thing I would tell myself back going back in time and tell myself as a kid, I've always told you two things, right? First is take care of your damn teeth. That would have been yeah. a smart thing. <laughs> but number two would be money is all that matters. Everything else you can take care of afterwards. If you've got money, if you start out with money. You're set. And I would have found some way to buy a house to begin with to use that capital for the rest of my life. Well, and they say the first million is the hardest million. Yeah, yeah. Definitely is for me. I haven't quite made it there yet. I'm really <laughs> I haven't close. either. Really close. We're almost there. Uh, I was hoping one day this radio show would take us there. In fact, how crazy is this that now people who don't listen to local radio, uh, we have a local radio station called The Fan. It's 104.3. Yep. Mm-hmm. used to actually be uh, on AM. It used to be 950 The Fan, 950, yep. which I used to love because I listened to it when I first moved to Colorado. I was working on the golf course grounds crew, and they would always talk about the traffic, and they would have this, they would do the, the Beatles, beep, beep, and beep, beep, yeah, and they would do that intro yep. thing to do the – I remember their, that. To do the Amelia Earhart uh, um, air Oh, Amelia. Air I love that girl. Yeah, she was something, wasn't she? Oh. And uh, And they would always do that little intro and stuff. And then that station ended up moving over to FM, and it got huge. I mean, it became the most profitable station in Denver. And one of their biggest shows, their drive show, was a guy named D-Mac, who was okay. He's, uh, he's not bad. He's just not great. Um, but he's, he's certainly not bad. He's fine. And um, he was a good foil to his partner, who was Al Wilson. Alfred Wilson was a standout Colorado player, uh, went to the NFL and went and played for uh, – Broncos. The- well, but he went somewhere first. He went somewhere first, but he played for he, he the Red, Broncos, Redskins or right? someone. But then he came to the uh, Broncos and he was a middle linebacker for us. And he was fantastic. Won two titles. Uh, was loved in this city. I mean, he's a great, I mean, he's a, he's a yes. Buffalo champion. I mean, he won the champion national championship with the Colorado Buffaloes, won two titles with the Broncos. You do that in Colorado. You're, you're, you're royalty forever uh, for winning. When you win a title for both of our big school, our big teams. Yeah. And, he was the drive time guy with DMAC and he was lauded, loved, you know, he's an amazing uh, fundraiser for a lot of different things. He left on the spur of the moment without even a goodbye show. So there's a couple of questions. First of all, I'd love to see if we can get that drive by slot or the drive time slot. That'd be fun. I think we'd be, <laughs> That'd better, be a lot of fun. Better than what they've got. Um, what do you think happened? I've heard two rumors and I, there, neither one is, is substantiated by anything. Um, you'd have to tell me the rumors because I really don't know because I, 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 I pay attention to um, radio in Denver, but I don't go out of my way to do it. So first rumor is that his mom is ill. I heard that rumor, actually. Why that would require him to not even do a goodbye show seems a little weird. Yeah, sketchy at best. Why wouldn't you at least have, you know, hey, guys. My mom's not doing well, or you say I've got a family issue. I really got to take care of it. I'm going to be gone for a certain amount of time. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't think that's true. 
I'm not saying that she's not sick. Right. I'm saying I don't think that's why he left. The other rumor I heard was that the contract he was offered was an insult to him. That like he I don't even know like it might have been a reduction. And look, radio revenues are are razor thin. It's like working in the restaurant industry. Yes. It is not yes. easy to stay profitable, and we understand that. I mean, radio personalities don't make a lot of money usually. We understand that more too well. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just it's, it's hard. Um, but what I heard is that he they made an offer. And it was kind of like that offer that sometimes you make to a professional athlete from the hometown team. And they're like, you're going to insult me this bad. Also, because when you start out, you know, when you're, when you're a brand new player for a team or you're a brand new personality on this radio station and you're not, even if you're well known, but haven't done anything yet with it, they want to bring you in for cheap, right? Cheap talent. But then as you get better and better and you drive in ratings, you want to be rewarded. And what do most companies say? Well, no, we want to, now we're finally making money. We don't want to give you back any of it. I would believe that one because mm-hmm. uh, knowing the way radio goes and how I got jacked over with a certain other radio show that I used to work for, <laughs> um, I would say the latter of your statements is correct. Because it is really amazing. I mean, you see this in business all the time too. You know, you work real hard for somebody, and you give them a, you know, you, you stick by with them, and you sacrifice making more money somewhere else to try and make them a success, and based on promise. And then when when the when the the gravy train starts rolling, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I really want all this money, and you're like, hey, what, where, where's my where's my cut? And they don't want to give it to you because they're finally yeah. making as much money as they really want to make. And I think that's what's happening here. The funny thing I would is, agree. the only challenging. Uh, network, I believe, is, is uh, Altitude Radio, and they have the only competing sports drive time show. But the guy who leads that show, they're like, well, he's probably licking his lips. His contract expires the end of this year, and there's already talk that they've already like scoffed at what he wants. So just you know, it's just really weird. It's like, but where is Big Al going to go? Now, rumor is also that he is going to the Broncos. He's going to become their play-by-play man. I can see that. But what happens to Dave Logan, or do they both do it? Well, Logan does it. Uh, who, do, who does Logan work with right now? I forget. He doesn't work with anybody. No, he has a, he has a second guy. No. Most of the time, it's just him. No, no, no. Logan has a second guy. I guarantee. I don't I've agree. listened to him enough that I know there's two guys. <laughs> I know there's two guys calling a Broncos game. I don't agree. I don't. I, I don't know who the second guy is. It's just Dave Logan. Well, no, no, no. If you they listen take, to the Broncos breaks, but they don't. But they don't play together. They don't do the commentary together. Dave Logan takes a little break to go to the bathroom to do whatever. And that's when the other guy comes in. No, they talk together. I, I've listened to it all this year. Boy, I'm I worked every I'm Sunday. To it. I'm, I'm listening to it again this, this off season, this season. Cause I've, I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. There was another guy with Logan. I just don't know who he is. I think you're full of shit. I'm not full of shit. In fact, <laughs> pull, I, I pulled it up on the computer, man. I mean, I know Dave Logan has a counterpart. He, all right. It, it'd be like, it'd, it'd be like one of us trying to call a baseball game by ourselves. I mean, no, I know it's hard. That's what was always so impressive about it to me. But I, I will concede that you do you do work on Sundays a lot and have your radio on in the car. So I do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it, but I, that's that flies in the face because my aunt and uncle were huge proponents of turning off the sound on the TV and turning on the radio and watching it with the radio, which of course was frustrating because the TV was four seconds behind the radio. It never lines up. Like we used to do that with Meryl Reese. Meryl Reese is one of the broadcasting legends of the broadcasting world for 94 YSP. It's not 94 YSP anymore, but uh, Meryl Reese is the old school Eagles broadcaster. Yeah. Classic Eagles, classic NFL voice. In fact, he's actually done promo. He's actually talked on, on NFL films is, is how good he is. NFL needs to 
go out of their way to allow what Amazon Prime actually does on Thursday Night Football, which is different commentators. So you don't have to listen to the ones because, I mean, how unfortunate has been for Broncos fans. We got saddled with Phil Simms, then Greg Gumbel, then both of them. I yeah. mean, just horrible, horrible commentators. I mean, the Gumbels, why are they in radio? It's like Stephen A. Smith or, um, or Chris Collinsworth or well, – Col- uh, now, now, I like Stephen A. Smith. I, He's, I, know, I know you oh. hate him. I like his attitude is what I like about Stephen. His attitude is fine. He just make, his, his positions are so nonsensical, and I get it. He's trying to be controversial. He's trying to get people hyped Boy, up. Don't, but you've got to get some Similac in you here. Oh, he's terrible, man. Oh, he's just <laughs> horrible. He's, he's, he's almost as bad as Bob Costas, who's the worst commentator in the history of sports. Granted, he's a great interviewer, good producer, good host. He's good Olympic not, host. He's not a commentator on a, right. on a sport. Good Olympic host. Yes. At sitting in a chair. Sure. Not a commentator. Good, good guy behind the desk to show you what we're going on to do now. Interviews with, with, with the, uh, athletes and things. Love him. He's great. I'm not denying his talent as a producer or as an interview person. I'm just saying as calling the game, that guy used to call baseball World Series. Man, oh, I wanted to blow my brains out with that guy. And then why they, you know, you get him, he was horrible, but yet they don't bring back Bob Euchre, who did it for two years, who was amazing. Bob's like, awesome. The greatest, dude. Mr. Baseball. Get him back yeah. in there. Okay, we're almost out of time here. We I, got, I know. We never even got to the uh, fantasy through, list. We, we've got 10 minutes. We're going to run through this list because we've, we've got to do it because we don't have – we're not going to have time to do this list next week. I know. So we've got 12 minutes. We can do this. We've got about 12 players. So one, one player per minute. Okay. All right. Number one on this list is Francisco Lindor. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with players, we always like to tell you who these guys are. Uh, this guy plays shortstop Indians. He had his career year last year. And in a position that's kind of thick, he kind of set himself apart as having a lot of talents that – don't always go together in terms of, you know, finding that 2020 guy, which is 20 steals or more and 20 home runs or more is hard. This guy had 38 home runs, batted 277, 92 ribbies, 129 runs, 25 steals. So 38 home runs, 25 steals. Those are your two big categories. That's fantastic. He also basically had a hundred or more runs and RBIs. You, you can't have much better year than that. Hands down. Number one shortstop. Absolutely. I don't even – 38 home runs, and the guy is – how old? He's 25. Yeah. This he's guy, a young kid. The sky is the limit. This guy is – and that was a big jump for him. That was his big breakout uh, to jump up to 35 – or 38 home runs. But he had 33 last year. He had um, – how many steals? He had 15 steals last year. had 25 this year – past year. So, you know, things have increased for him um, in a lineup where he's got a lot of protection behind him in the, uh, in the form of Jose Ramirez, who's yes. – who may yep. be the number one pick now. Yep. Well, probably more like a number three pick, but a, a great player. Uh, next is Trey Turner. Now, I do not agree with him being second. I don't have him as two. The guy, the talent is off the charts. Okay. This guy could be better than Bryce Harper without question. Yes. He could be the best player in baseball, but he doesn't stay healthy and he doesn't stay consistent. Hit it right on the head. Could happen this year, right? People, we could have some people calling in here at the, you know, the show, you know, you know, six months from now, saying, uh, "You said that Trey Turner wasn't going to be that great, and the guy just scored, you know, eight hundred points for me in, in fantasy baseball." Yes, he could do it. All right, absolutely. My number two, Manny Machado. 
Yeah, and, and and there's kind of the rub with this position is there are so many dual eligibility players where shortstop is their second eligibility, yep. but you could start them there and it wouldn't have no problem. Um, just for the record for T- Trey Turner, 19 home runs, 43 steals last year. If you're in a league like mine where you get a lot of points for steals, we get three for that's, a steal, that's, that's really good four for a homer. That's any guy who's going to st- 40 bases, that, that's a gem. So there's a reason he's high value, but uh you know, I mean, 40 steals is probably a given as long as and, – and, and, you know, he had 46 steals only playing 98 games last year, two years ago. He had – he played every game last year, and he had 43. So, actually lost steals. Right, so, right. you know, and, and steals, boy, when they go, they can, they can plummet. Uh, I don't think he's anywhere near that point, but just you, you do need to be aware. Um, number three – so, this one's crazy. Trevor Story. Amazing year last year. MVP style after having a big time sophomore slump. I don't know what to think of this guy <laughs> coming this year. So did he break a bone in his hand opening day or, or the first game of spring ball or not? Uh, That's the question. Was that last year? Or was no, that this is this year. Ago? He, he got hit in the hand. Oh, he's hurt right now. I sort of, I, I thought he was, I wasn't sure what the outcome was on it though. Um, you need to look it up. I'm sorry, I haven't had a chance to look at injuries. My bad. I just, I, I know he got beaned on the hand, like almost the first pitch of open or spring ball. Well, I hope he's okay. I mean, last year, 37 dingers. He also had 27 steals. Uh, that's amazing. The guy was almost 30-30. A 30-30 player is, is liquid gold. Not to mention the fact that he batted 291, which is a nice jump from where he had been previously. Uh, cut the strikeouts way down. Uh, of course, I'll probably end up drafting him this year, and I'll have a, a, a horrible year, but uh, <laughs> let, let's hope not. 174 hits, 42 doubles, six triples, uh, 108 RBIs. This guy's all over the place. He's he's he, fantastic year. There's a reason he was almost the MVP. Uh, so uh, is he as good as Nolan Arenado? Probably not. But, boy, if he were to bump those deals up just a couple. He's creeping close. Oh, boy, 30-30 season, like I say. Boy, that doesn't happen often. No. I don't think he could ever get up to 40-40, but, I mean, we've only had three 40-40 players in history as far as I can remember with uh, – was it was uh, Barry Bonds and Jose Canseco and I think Alfonso Soriano, I think, was the other guy that did it. Um, it says day-to-day. Okay, so so we should be okay. Yeah, we should um, be fine. No broken bugs. Next one is Manny Machado. We talked about Manny Machado plenty about not being picked up as a free agent. You know how good he is. He, he's been ama- he's amazing. Yeah. It, it, there's no question. The guy's a phenomenal player. So, yes, you can pick him. Here's the one I really like, and I think he falls next on your list, yeah. but Javier Baez. Absolutely. Absolutely. This guy could go much higher than that. Yes. This guy was prototypical MVP style last year, uh, had the most RBIs in baseball, if I, if I remember right, mm-hmm. had nice batting average, good power, and he's young. He's like 23 or 24. Yeah, he's really young. So, yeah, yeah, you're I mean, right. Baseball has become a young man's game. And, and which is good to see. Yes, absolutely. It's, been, yeah. it's about time they move that direction. Yeah. And uh, Baez is multi-positional eligibility. I think he's second, third, and shortstop. So it, it makes him that much more valuable. As you can move the guy around to suit your needs, which is always a nice benefit because you can take a guy like that early in your draft, you know, first, second, third round, and uh, well, probably second round, and you get this guy, and you can change where he's going to play. You know, you say like, oh. There's so many shortstops out there, or there's so many third basemen out there. I'm going to wait, or oh, there's another amazing shortstop here. I'm just going to move him over to second, or you know that that stuff is is is, is valuable. Uh, and you know Trey Turner is, is is also in that that mold as well as Manny Machado with multiple positions. But I think they only have two, whereas I think Baez qualifies for all three. I think he qualifies for all three. 
Next on the list is Alec Bregman. Now, he's actually a uh, third baseman. I have to go look and actually see if he played enough games at shortstop to qualify. I was going to say, does he qualify? So 30 is the usual for qualifying. Um, I, hope, I think I have enough time here to take a look just to make sure. Because I, I don't have him on my list because I didn't think he qualified. Um, let's see. So standard fielding. Uh, 2018. No, he does not qualify. He has 28 I, games yeah. at shortstop. I didn't think he qualified. That's why I kept him off. So if he, if you don't have to have 28 now, if he's going to play 10 games at shortstop this year, he'll probably will qualify at that point. So it looks like he's done that for three years or two years in a row. So I wouldn't be surprised if eventually he qualifies for both, but you know, it's one of the things where you draft him. No, you can't start in those first couple of weeks exactly. in the shortstop spot. Um, next on the list is Xander Bogart. This guy broke out last year. Love this guy. Tons of talent. Great, young, you know, everything you could want in a player. I mean, he's a Red Sox. I mean, they're stacked <laughs> top to bottom. Yeah, and, and his name is spelled crazy with an X and other things, and that's, you know, that's just cool. So um, I was going to see if I could get Bogarts to come up here. Uh, I didn't spell his name right. See, I'm telling you, that's the thing. How do you spell his name? Uh, X A N D E R B O G A E R T S B O A G B O G B O G A E A E R T S. Okay, there's Xander. Um, so Xander, 26. So he's older than I thought. But like I said, last year was kind of his breakout year. He had um, you know, 23 homers. He had eight steals, 100 ribbies. Uh, he's not top end shortstop, but uh, he's certainly not going to hurt you. Uh, next on the list, we've got Jean Segura, who went to the Phillies. This guy, uh, boy, he, he's had like – it's like he's like in the last six years, he's had four good years and two bad years. So just hope he's one of the good ones, and he's got enough protection in that lineup. So where does he bat in the Phillies lineup now with Harper? Boy, he could be anywhere from two to six or seven. I was going to say, it's a bit like yeah. two or six. Yeah, I don't, think, uh, I don't think he goes any lower than seven in that batting order. But uh, you know what? They could put him at eight in the hopes that he gets on base, he's got speed, have that pitcher bunt him over to second, and now you got a guy in scoring position with good wheels. Uh, next on the list, we've got Aldeber, uh, Aldeberta Mondesi. This is Raul Mondesi's son. Uh, Mondesi's, if for nothing else, the guy is the greatest arm I've ever seen in my life. I've never – I mean, Puig has got a great arm. I've seen some other great arms. But I saw Mondesi lift himself off of his feet from how hard he whipped his arm around to throw a ball on the fly from the fence on the fly to the catcher's mitt and got the guy like far enough about that. The guy didn't even slide. He just, he knew he was out. Yeah. And that was, I mean, the guy's just got in the cannon. If he's got that, that alone makes him worth playing. But if he hits the way that they're talking, um, you know, he's just behind uh, Vlad Guerrero's son and that uh, Elroy Jimenez mm -hmm. for the White Sox. This guy's yep. probably number three in terms, that's why he's on this list in terms of a breakout guy. Next on the list is Carlos Correa. Boy, a guy that good is that low on the list. That, that's amazing. That's, that's the biggest problem I have with the list is he's that low on the list. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, guy's amazing. Um, how do you spell the name? Correa, C-O-R-R-E-A. That's what it is. I keep spelling it wrong. Um, Boy, you didn't get any sleep. <laughs> last year, well, he, didn't have, he didn't play that well last year, so I think he got hurt. But he, uh, he only had 400 at-bats, 15 homers, batted 239. Three steals. That's why he's so low. He yeah. had a bad year last year, but well, you want to get a guy on a rebound to uh, maybe make you some huge upside value. 
boy, he's going to be on my list. And then Corey Seager coming back from the, the UCL from the Dodgers. Yep. Got Gliber Torres from the Yankees. Uh, as long as he's got starting, as long as he's got games, he'll be good. We got Jose Peraza for the Reds, or he was for the Reds. I don't know if he still is, but he uh, he had a nice little year. And then uh, Eduardo Escobar, just to kind of round out. But that is kind of it. So shortstop isn't deep this year as it has been in previous seasons. So make sure you get deep your, but top heavy. Yeah, top heavy for sure. So make sure you get those shortstops early. Looks like we're down to about 30 seconds. What else do you want to say to people before we sign off? Uh, You know, um, it's great to be back to the roots of the show, being here at (laughs) Brand. It's been two years since we've done this. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming down. I know you're over at Nate's. And uh, it it was a great show, man. I got to drive all the way back up to Broomfield and then back down before (laughs) the snow hits. So everyone have a wonderful weekend. And thank you for tuning into the show. Stay safe. Offensive. Out.